You're listening to The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio, starring Dan Peck. Have you seen the card for the New Japan show tomorrow? It's going to be sweet. Eric Flores. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. And CKCC Radio's founder, Chris O'Mealy. Breaking news. I have a crush on Sasha Banks. Listen to CKCC Radio wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hello again, everyone. It's the Spooky Nerd Table. Mwahahaha. Ah, whatever. It's a spooky edition of the Nerd Table. We are recording this on Halloween Eve. And we've got lots of spooky stuff to talk about. We've got more shout-outs that will be slightly less spooky because they are going to be positive, like I said they were, all you damn doubters. Dan has watched an entire episode of Game of Thrones in one... Or episode, an entire season of Game of Thrones in one day. And that deserves accolation. That will be at the end of the episode for those who have requested the spoiler content be put at the end. Uh, we got lots of stuff to discuss here, and I want to introduce my co-hosts in crime. First off, the man who did dedicate himself to the third season of Game of Thrones in one day. It is Dan Peck of House Peck. I'm the one hiding under your bed. Teeth crown sharp and eyes glowing red. <laughs> of House Skellington? I mean, if I, I could join that house. We also have... The thing hiding under your stairs, fingers like snakes and spiders in his hair. That's Eric. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man. Did I, did I tell you guys that I got into a car wreck a few days ago? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time no, out a second. Okay, hold on a second. I haven't even introduced our guest for this episode. And you're already throwing content out there? <laughs> we that's to... not content. That's no, no. just that, that's a teaser. It's a teaser oh my for goodness! Oh my god! Okay. All right. You can't just throw that. Oh, you can't just throw that on me when I'm doing my intro. Well, I did that shit. So there's that. All right. Well, to to our good friend Jeff Trellowitz, I don't know how to follow this up with a with another introduction for you because Eric just ruined I my guess, entire train I, of thought. I guess Jeff is the clown with the tearaway face here in a flash and gone without a trace. Right, we'll I go. was literally about to say I don't know how I can follow that up, and I really can't. <laughs> but I do have an amusing uh, All Hallows Eve story to tell later as well. So, oh, man. well, it is All Hallows Eve Eve. Uh, the, the the content is just freaking flowing right now. That's awesome. Well, please welcome our good friend Jeff Trellowitz from Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks, as well as our old Interventions buddy. That's how Eric knew him and our one of the founding members of Club Kayfabe. That's how Dan knew him. And I knew Jeff from both worlds. Cue the Hannah That's Montana right. song. Yes. It's also a Van Halen song, so we'll go with that, because that's more my style. Yes, but the Disney reference, I had to throw that out there. That's true. Okay, alright, so... Alright, everybody just freaking pump the brakes for a minute, or is that what led to Eric's situation in the first place? I don't know, because I need to get the details on this. pumping on the brakes. Alright, what the hell? <laughs> Alright, I'll tell you what happened from my point of view and then what actually happened altogether because the police had to break it down and told me exactly what pretty much happened. So 
I'm driving down Metro Parkway going towards 94 to go okay. towards. So I have uh, a, an opening locations. question. Sure. Is this work related? Are you in your work truck doing work I, things? Yes, it is work related. I was in my work van getting ready to do work things. Um, so I'm just driving and keep in mind, it's three lanes. There's no cars virtually. There's only like four cars on this highway because it's pretty early in the morning. Well, I guess this guy in a, a diesel F-150 or 250 or whatever it was, was uh, chasing this guy who was in a Chevy Cruze. The Chevy Cruze lost control and clipped the front of my van. He spun out into the ditch and completely totaled his car and rolled, uh, rolled his car and everything. Oof. Um, so the guy didn't even know that he hit me. He was just trying to escape. I guess, like I said, he was being chased. But from my point of view, all I saw was the front of this guy's car. It looked like he was driving backwards. And then the front of this guy's car clipped me going into my lane and then he spun out like crazy and went into the ditch and I was like what the fuck and I was pretty pissed off because I was just like well guess I'm getting fired <laughs> uh, well, no, hold on, hold on pretty... a second why would you get fired for something that wasn't your fault well I mean you'd never know like if if they decide hey you were in an accident now you need to go get drug tested or something and then you know, and we all know Eric loves his jerks. <laughs> uh, I mean, now I need to do stuff that gets out of my system in 24 hours. Where the <laughs> hell is that? <laughs> I just need to do crack or something. Anyway. Does that, uh, you know, you know what? I don't want to know. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> that was my train of thought. And uh, no, the police came over and like, no, they, they've been like on a high speed pursuit for the like these people. And I just happened to be the one that stopped them. <laughs> So you did a good thing on those little spikes when they could just put Eric's truck in the way. <laughs> I was in the far right lane. I don't even know there. Like it was complete empty highway, and it was a straightaway. It wasn't even like if it was on a a, a turn or something or um some sort of on ramp or off ramp. It was nothing. It was literally a straightaway with no intersections. How the fuck do you lose control? Indeed, we'll do that, Chris. Depend fast for his vehicle. Depending on how fast he was going. All right, so he was being chased by a pickup truck. Was the pickup truck an undercover police vehicle? No. It was just two assholes. I guess they one cut off or something like that. So it was a road rage incident. Yeah, basically. Oh, boy. So what happened to the pickup truck? I'm assuming they fled Nothing. the scene. No, he actually stopped and pulled off to the side because he wasn't, he wasn't involved in the accident. He was just the one chasing the guy got out of his car, the one that rolled, completely, like, okay, like, nothing happened to him. And if you would have saw the picture of this car, you'd be like, how the fuck did nothing happen to you at all? And I guess it was him and his girl. Um, the girl was fucked up. But I guess he didn't care. He didn't even check on her. He just got out of the car, went straight towards the pickup truck, and then they started fighting on the, uh, on the, on the curb. Um... He beat that guy's ass that was in the pe pickup truck. He was laying down on the grass, and he he started, like, kicking him in the head. People from the neighborhood 
uh, that was on the other side of that ditch, like had to come over and like get him off of him, and they like, all the like until the police showed up. Jeez. Took everybody's report and then took my report last because they had no idea that I wasn't even involved in the accident. Because <laughs> everybody, all the they saw was this guy chasing him. He lost control and spun out to the ditch. And uh, all I, I mean, nothing really happened to to the the van. To be perfectly honest, outside of like the adrenaline boost that you get whenever you get into an accident, and. Uh, a broken turn signal light. <clears throat> and then it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. Yeah, yeah. That, when I, when the adrenaline, like, leaves, there's, like, a big boost of pain. You're like, everything fucking hurts. And then you're like, ah, everything's all right. And now I need a nap. And <laughs> I've done nothing. But, yeah, no, that was a few days ago. Jeez. That would have been Wednesday? Wednesday or Thursday, one of those two days. <clears throat> well, you certainly had your excitement for the week. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with this week. I'm ready for 2022. Oh, especially because uh, the week only got like another six hours in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> since it is around Halloween, I figured we'd all share scary stories. Or... Share the scariest moments that have happened to us. That car crash, not one of them. I'll save mine for last, because I'm pretty sure I might have everybody beat. It's the scariest thing that ever happened to you. I'll, I'll save it for last. What's the scariest thing that ever happened to you, Chris? Hmm. <clears throat> well, put me on the spot like that. I gotta actually think about scary stuff that's happened. I mean... I've already told the story of the time my idiot friend almost got me arrested. Almost got both of us arrested. He didn't know how to talk to the cops. I've told that story. I've told that on Real Paranormal Talk and on this show, so. Actually, I've got something while you think about it. How about that? All right, we'll go with that. So it's not so much like it was kind of scary, but not quite. So I'm doing ghost hunting in St. Augustine on Halloween several years ago. And I'm at one of my favorite locations out of outside of a cemetery doing an EVP session. And all of a sudden, I feel hands on me. And I my brain automatically thinks, oh, shit, something paranormal. No, this drunk guy decided to just randomly walk up to me and push me to a fence because <laughs> he thought it would be funny. And I almost beat that dude's ass like the, the guy, the, the driver in the van beat the other guy's ass, because I'm like, what the fuck? Who walks up to a complete stranger and pushes him? Oh, I got you pretty good, didn't I? I was like, you got me for a second, and then I realized there was a jackass behind me. Yeah, that's not really getting someone. Jackasses are the worst. I was like, really? Who does that? Who just thinks it's okay to push a stranger into a wall while their back is turned. At least be a man and, you know, try to fight me to my face. I mean, let's see. I've had the... I've had the... It's six weeks late scare. <laughs> yeah, well, I've had that scare, too. Um, that, yeah. couple hurricanes. What's six scary. weeks late? <laughs> um, I've never been scared by... 
weather that I can think of because I've had that fascination with it my whole life. So I can't like I've seen a tornado, but I wasn't it didn't frighten me in that way because it wasn't going to be uh I I'd say some of the scariest stuff that's ever happened to me have just been like close calls with people being stupid like driving through Orlando and also driving through Lancaster because they're such heavily touristy areas that there are tourists who will just flat out walk in front of your car while you're driving and you almost don't have time to react to it. Yep. Um, I had one where I was walking to work when I was in Orlando and pretty sure I saw a panther and I was like, yep, I'm going to die because I'm not outrunning that. I mean, I've I've been startled so many times that I, I can't even keep track of it, but I can't think of like, like I can't think off the top of my head of a moment where I've actually been like scared for my life or anything like that. Uh, honestly, I, I really can't. I, I'm, and maybe it's because I've suppressed those memories so bad that they ain't coming to me. <laughs> so there was a time that I went to play slap my brother, and I intended to stop an inch away from his face, but my hand had other decisions. Mm. And I got him right across the face and then took off running, and I'm pretty sure I was going to die that night. (laughs) I mean, I've like... I've had stories growing up where my father lost his temper so badly that I was scared. I've had incidents where, like, I was waiting for a family member or news on a pet or something. And I was scared during that moment, but nothing, nothing that terrifying is coming to mind because I'm one of those people who likes to be scared intentionally. So I go to haunted house attractions and watch scary movies with the intent of being scared, but I'm also in control of the situation. So. And I, you know, I'm the same way. I, I literally will go to a cemetery in the middle of the night just for fun because that's something normal people do. There is nothing. There is no study that I want performed on any of us right now. I'm okay with not knowing the results of this study. That doesn't exist. Exactly. All right. But Uh, somewhere someone is listening to this taking notes. Well, no, because if they were taking notes... They would have been taking notes on me and Eric a very, very, very long time ago. (laughs) We've already completed a year of data for them, so (laughs) how much more do they really need? (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, we know everything about these guys. Uh, Dan, what do you got? You ever been... What's the scariest thing ever happened to you? I've been afraid of my life, but I was a dumb kid and tried to throw rocks over cars as they went by the house. And one time I didn't make it over the car and they stopped. Oh, all right. Well, that would scare me. Dumb kids running. Well, I couldn't run because <laughs> where the bus was going to get me. <laughs> bus or stopped car. Bus or stopped car. I mean, there was a time I, I came an inch away from getting hit by a car and did see my life flash before my eyes. That, uh, Yeah, I think that actually will top it, yeah. There you go. All right. All right, Eric. We built this up. Okay. So, um... It's the time that the, that, that the person in the handicap thing 
I almost hit him with the thing, and he had to turn the ride off. We've heard that a million times. No. Yes. <laughs> no, no. Uh, heard it last week, even. Not on this show. So this nope, but we did. On Park Hopper. Uh, long time ago, uh, I was in Boy Scouts, and we were out on this boat going towards the Keys because we were going to go snorkeling and uh we got into the water and we like got some gear and stuff like that and really cool right like you can see all the reefs and stuff like that and everything was great um like the fish literally will just swim right next to you it's like they don't care that you're there i guess they get so many tourists or whatever that the fish are just like eh people whatever well at, at one point i noticed that i'm alone in the water uh, I got back up and I'm floating around. I'm looking around. There's nobody around me. And there's, uh, like I saw the fin, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, holy fuck. I'm in the water with a shark. It's a Mako shark. And apparently they don't attack people that often. But you know, when you're like a shark is a shark years old. And you're in water, and you see a fucking shark. You're just like, maybe it's a friendly shark. It's not fucking happening. And I noticed that I have drifted away so far from the fucking boat. (laughs) And nobody knows that I'm here. That was the most terrifying moment. Well, Eric, did you live? Did you die? I I fucking lived. Eventually... Uh, like I did, I knew not to like splash around that much. I knew because I was like, if I am struggling, this shark is going to fucking get me. So uh, I literally just kind of floated in place until somebody noticed that I'm just floating, not moving. And then they're just like, oh, let's go get them. And they had to go and rescue me from a shark. I literally just froze me in place in water because what do you you can't do anything you're in their environment you're in not their bathroom fight in fucking water i might have a chance against a puma but a fucking shark <laughs> <laughs> oh way to downplay my story <laughs> i'm sorry jeff <laughs> but like either way i would have been fucking screwed but i was just way more screwed because if I if the shark didn't kill me, I'd just drown. Like either way, the environment itself is deadly. That was my scary moment. And well, after that, so, there's a funny story after that. Because after that, we went on another boating trip out out in Clearwater, and then that boat uh, sprung a leak, and we had to get rescued by the fucking Coast Guard. And I was just like, you guys do your aqua shit by yourself. I ain't getting in the water if you guys anymore. No, yeah, to yourself. You. Do not get on boats with Eric. It apparently doesn't end well. <laughs> You're as bad as a traveler's Tom Hanks is in movies. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But that, well, that place was fucking sketchy to begin with, and I told him I didn't want to do it. They are just like, it's just a boat ride. Like, we're at the beach. We should be swimming. Yeah, it's a three-hour tour, too. Yeah. You almost went swimming. <laughs> I went swimming with the fishes. With the fishes. With the fishes. <clears throat> so are you are you basically swearing off boats at this point? No oh, more yeah, boats? I fucking hate boats. No more boats. I mean, I did get on a boat when I was an adult with my dad. 
And I didn't go well either because I got sunburnt, but that was it. <laughs> so you just don't have luck on boats. Uh, yeah, I fucking hate boats. Okay, so stop. Yeah, stop going on boats, Eric. If you see a boat, don't get on it. I think that should be the name of the episode. Don't go on boats, Eric. Yeah, Eric. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I got. I got a funny, scary moment. When we were driving to our friend Paul's house, and Eric's like, "Hey, Chris, we're alone in a vehicle, operating this machinery right now, and it's just the two of us." And I immediately thought I was going to crash my car. At least it wasn't a boat. True. Well, I didn't know that there was a boat curse at the time. I just knew there was an Eric and technology curse at the time. At this point in our relationship, anything that we were in or touched together, it broke. Yeah. Sometimes on purpose. I'm never getting in a boat with you. I'm never getting on a plane with you. I'm never getting a roller coaster with you. What else can go wrong? I don't know. I'll find something. Yeah, that well, there you go. Because you always do. Like I said, sometimes on purpose. Let's go zip lining or something. Yeah, that's, oh, that's nice. a great idea. <laughs> I mean to get really hurt zip lining there has to be multiple things fail, so uh, it just takes a zipline snapping. <laughs> All right. So keep it on the topic of Halloween. We've we spent a lot of time talking about Halloween media and everything. Um, let's talk a little bit about your some of your experiences with past Halloweens. Were you guys big into trick-or-treating at all when you were kids? Oh, yeah. We had a small neighborhood of kids. There were probably six of us that would every year go out trick-or-treating together. And because we lived on a dead end, so we knew, okay, well, everyone on this street we can go to and kind of go a little bit further past onto the main road. But, oh, yeah, we went trick-or-treating every year. Yeah, I always loved trick-or-treating in the neighborhood. Rural, growing up. It involved getting in a car and going to friends and family's places if we went through a dream. You didn't, like, go find a neighborhood and then walk around that one? No. We usually just did the neighborhood that I was in. And then occasionally... So how it was set up where I grew up is there was... There was always, like, small offshoot neighborhoods off the off all the main roads, right? And we were in one. We were in the cul-de-sac of one. So the starting point was really easy because you would literally just do like you'd walk the neighborhood on one side of the street, get to the get to the end, and then you'd hit all the houses on the other side of the street on your way back. And then eventually you'd end up back at the house because you covered all the houses because that was the, the advantage of being in the cul-de-sac. But at the bottom of at the end of the neighborhood, I always say at the bottom of the hill because my neighborhood was at the top of a hill. There was a firehouse, and then there was a neighborhood behind the firehouse, and that's where all the troublemaker kids seemed to live. So we didn't usually enjoy going back there. But that's the house that had the full size candy bars. Ah, did the firehouse do anything? Because I remember growing up and being like that that the fire hall had. I don't think so. And occasionally it would be like, 
they would get in the truck and hand out candy going through the neighborhood and stuff. I think that was like a, a New York thing because I remember doing that in New York as well. Because I like when we when I mean my father was in the Navy for a while, so I did grow up in like neighborhoods. But it was always like we had just moved there and we didn't have enough time to move. We had to move in. And we didn't have enough time to do all the things and, and then get ready for a, a Halloween and stuff, you know. But I remember them having like the fire department driving around giving out stuff. And, and since we were in the Navy, they would have like guys in a Humvee go around and do stuff, too. So. That's actually pretty neat. I can't remember yeah, any any like fire like events or anything. Like I know nowadays they've got that trunk or treat. And I've heard a couple I'm gonna actually call out a couple of people that I know listen to this show. And I'm I won't call you out by name, but I've seen you bitching about trunk or treats on Facebook. Here's the thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. And that's great that some of y'all grew up with like a traditional Halloween experience and that's what you want to recreate for your kids. But there is nothing wrong with the concept of trunk or treat. I don't think it's ruining Halloween. You're putting your kids in a safe, well-lit area that the neighborhood's actively getting together to have them do something for Halloween. And let's be honest here. The concept of trick-or-treating is invasive to adults who want to be left alone. And I feel like it's Eric would agree with me on, with on that one. No, it's fucking awful for me. And I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, is it no. your is it your window at the front of the house? No, it's the back of the house, thankfully. But, oh, okay. I, um, yeah, like just yeah, I don't know, random people's children coming up asking. For yeah, they they stomp all over your lawn. They tear up your lawn. I feel I'm going to be that old man, right? Even though I don't give a shit about having a well curated lawn at all. I'm going to be the worst no, no, neighbor. No. I could never live in a homeowners association. They would get kicked me out so hard. This is what you would do if you don't want kids to bother you, right? You just go and you buy one of these sex offender tags oh and just my put God. it right in the front of your house. No, Eric. And then you can't no, do that. No, Eric. God damn it. No. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> this public service announcement is brought to you by the Nerd Table. Don't do that. <laughs> Ask Wait. me for more life advice. And be like, "Wait, this person can't live here." We're gonna. <laughs> I think we actually just figured out why nobody has asked for life advice by Eric. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it makes Chris laugh. So, win-win. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. That. I'm not going to be laughing if you end up in trouble. <laughs> I'm not actually touching kids. I'm just saying. Get so, the sign. It's a really funny story because you guys are all in my tournament group, and uh, there's a lot of our listeners are in the tournaments group too. But uh, Ref Matt Derline has a tournaments group, and we did one for the worst mascot. And I, me being an asshole, I nominated Mr. Met and the the uh, and Gritty just to piss people off because that group is dominated by Philly and Mets fans. And I'm an asshole. But the finals came down to the the two funniest possibilities for the uh, finale was uh, there's a mascot for the New Orleans Pelicans. I want you to look this up. His name is King oh, is Cake it Baby. The, 
Yeah. Oh, the King Cake Baby. Okay. King Cake Baby. Look this up real quick. It's this, It is hideous. It is a hideous abomination to mankind. It's 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 a large representation of the little oh, baby. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Google oh image that God, shit. That's, that is worse than Granny. Yeah, it is a terrifying image. First off, King Cake Baby, which is basically a baby in a diaper wearing a crown. Yeah. Oh, it's my oversized. It looks like it's something out of uh, Happy Death Day to you. Yes. So the thing is, that is you're supposed to put like a little a little baby inside the king cake when you make it. Yes, that's the it's idea. like the tradition. So this is a eight-foot-tall mascot version of that. So it is an abomination. It is terrifying. <laughs> but to make this even funnier, the other mascot that made it to the finals to compete with King Cake Baby <laughs> is Jared from Subway. And if that's not the most ironic matchup ever, I don't know what is. Do I want to know who won? Uh, it's still going on, but Jared is winning. Yeah, that's that makes perfect sense. But I need to click off this image because I'm frightened right now. <laughs> going back to our uh, what scared the shit out of us stories, uh, looking up King, King Cake Baby. King Cake Baby takes the lead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, everybody have pleasant dreams tonight. So. Good God! I think I'll be rewatching Halloween Kills just to get that image out of my head. <laughs> uh, King Cake is essentially a humongous cinnamon roll, like a humongous cinnamon roll. Is it good? Oh yeah, it's good. Okay, well that yeah. I mean, if it tastes if it tastes do you good, like cinnamon roll. I do. If it tastes good, I'm willing. There, there's. A degree I'm willing to forgive stuff when things are, are delicious. But things have to be delicious for me to forgive things. That, that's that's key. That's crucial. I can forgive some atrocities if the if they if they taste good and make me happy. Like your cake can be an offensive image and just look awful. Like Which it will be. Which it will be. <laughs> but if it tastes good, then I don't really care because I was happy because the point of food is to taste good. Even if you're eating a penis cake. Well, yeah, there comes a point where it doesn't look like a penis anymore and it's just cake. It's just cake. And depending upon how you feel about that human appendage, you wait until that certain point of the cake giving. And then you stop ceremony, eating. And then you get your cake. Or you say, fuck it, I'm fat, and I want cake, and just get give me, the- Give me the left nut. You're just like, <laughs> oh, no, no, oh my god, there's cream filling. <laughs> That's well, not cream filling. Well, this just became Jason Shin's favorite episode, so... Mm. <laughs> just hear Dan groaning. Or as the... It, it's going around the internet recently. Uh, you can order a birthday cake, even when it's not your birthday. They, they don't even check. I love that meme. Dude, I did that the one day. I went out and I just, I went to the store. I bought a cake. My wife's like, you why, know why are you it's buying that? I said, Halloween. Same thing about Halloween. You don't have to go around begging strangers for candy. You're an adult. Go buy that shit. Dude, so I get I get candy all the time when I go to Sheets for lunch. I'm just like, all right, I, I ordered my food. 
and I, I put it in on the little online app, and usually by the time I get there, it's just about ready. So while I'm waiting for the bag to show up, I peruse the candy aisle. I'm like, what sounds good today? A Reese's cup, a Butterfingers, a Snickers, a Milky Way. And I just yeah. get a Kit Kat, like, and I just get something that I'm in the mood for. I'm like, well, first you have to make the crucial decision. Do I want the chocolate or do I want the the sweet? Like the, 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 uh, the, the what actually defines as candy flavor to me, which is always like that fruity type, type taste, right? So, like, which one do you want? Do you want the chocolate bar or do you want the fruit-style candy? Because that makes all the difference. Am I debating between a Reese's Cup and a Snickers, or am I debating between a bag of Skittles and some Starburst? You don't have to buy or spend forever making a costume. You can just fucking buy candy. Yeah, and they ain't bite-sized Halloween either. That's a full-size candy bar which, I just walked out uh, Which they are continuing to make smaller and smaller. I always buy the king size because I am fat and I need my candy. Yeah, pretty soon the uh, M&M's will just be one M&M in the bag. Yeah, just one M? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just an M? No, they're going to stamp an M on the other side so they can still call it M&M's. <laughs> <laughs> now, at that point, there's no there's no apostrophe S. It's just M&M. And like four or five years ago, I noticed that they have they shrunk the size of... The Reese's cup they give because it would be like, you know, it's a Reese's. It's only one instead of two, but it's still a full size Reese's. It's not anymore. They have they have shrunk them. Have you seen the giant Reese's that exist? Like the the mega yes. cup. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, that thing's it's amazing. But you can't finish it in one bite. Although at the same time, I don't want to because I want to Challenge save accepted. that. I want to savor I, that thing. You know, if I could finish that thing in. Ten bites. <laughs> well, let's find the it. The thing that's the size of your face? Yeah, that one? <laughs> Just stick my Reese's face cake? in it. <laughs> Reese's cake is good. I've had it. That's like a, like when people are like, oh, you know, I like going to mom and pop ice cream shops. I, I don't like getting my ice cream from a chain. And I'm like, bitch, have you never been to Friendly's? Or Publix? <laughs> Dairy Queen, come on now! Oh, like, I don't know. Publix cake, fucking, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, we had Publix cake at the wedding. It was a success. See, masterpiece. Shout out to uh, shout out to my friend Josh, my pro baseball player friend, who still apparently that was the best cake he ever had at a wedding. <laughs> we still talk about that to this day, and I'm just like. It was a Publix cake. Like, yes, but it was the winner. All right, fair enough. That's fair enough with me. <laughs> it's win. Like, I don't care where it's from. It was the best fucking cake I've ever had. And was it just a cake? Because it's one of those things where, oh, whoa, whoa, if it's a cake, it's $50. If it's a wedding cake, that shit's $500. No, it was a wedding cake. But it was delicious. It was also the wrong color. I I may not have ever told that story on this show. That sounds like something that would have... I probably told that story on a podcast before. But, okay. So this, of course, is the infamous... <laughs> this is the infamous cake story from the wedding, if nobody's ever heard this before. So... We it's split, so famous, it's infamous. 
we well, it's infamous in our house, that's for sure. So we we basically split up the wedding duties based on what we specifically wanted to do. I handled a lot of the the dates, the planning, the stuff that she was going to be more stressed out about. Um, and she handled a lot of the creative decisions, decorations, color schemes, etc. And one of the things that she wanted to do was the cake. And I said, well, to me, cake is cake. So get whatever cake you want, because there's not many types of cake I won't eat. And even if those types of cakes exist, I also know you wouldn't eat them anyway. You know that that like that famous overlap? Everything she likes is already something I like. <laughs> so we're good. Just get whatever you want, because I know I'm going to eat it. So the color scheme for the wedding was uh, blue and silver. That was the color scheme that we chose. But we also incorporated coral into it because that's a nice complementary color to the the turquoise style blue that we had and the, uh, you know, the nice silver and everything. So, like, I wore I wore silver, the best man wore gray, the groomsman wore the blue, and then, like, her maid of honor wore silver, the bridesmaids wore blue, and then our fathers wore the coral. Which, my dad had an issue with that. He took that vest off as soon as he could. Her dad didn't care. And that's kind of what the color scheme was. Now, I didn't see anything with this cake until the day of the wedding. It was just one of those things I let her handle. So I walk in, and there's the cake on display. And it's got nice coral pattering. It's white and coral. And I'm like, that cake looks really nice. They did a great job with it. So I took a couple pictures of it. Including the really nice flower that they put on the side of the cake. I was like, that came out really good. And then, as we uh, are sitting down to dinner, you know, of course, this is like hours later after I first saw the cake, and we're sitting down to dinner, and she just leans over and goes, the cake's the wrong color. I'm like, what? The cake is the wrong color. She's like, I told them to make it blue, not pink. And I told them I didn't want the flower. And that's what they did. And would you like to know what my next response was? Yeah, I do, actually. Well, is it still going to taste good? <laughs> because I didn't care! That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't care. I thought it looked nice, but I was concerned about the taste. Because that's how my brain operates. This thing doesn't taste blue, so help. <laughs> well, this has purple All in it. Purple is a fruit. Fuckers, you better step up. Okay, so we we simultaneously. I did a Simpsons reference, and you did a Limp Biscuit reference at the same time. If that doesn't sum up our friendship, I don't know what else can. <laughs> like, that, good God! All right. By the way, I, Limp uh, Biscuit's got I a like new it. album coming out tomorrow. Yeah, See, what the hell? What the hell is going on? What timeline are we in at this point? Oh, I just well, Limp yeah. Biscuit still sucks. For all my friends who got Limp Biscuit tattoos. Oh yeah, I guess I guess they can justify that, right? <laughs> well, you are trying to justify. So uh, it off. Oh my god, damn it, Dan! <laughs> I'd like to point out that we're talking about like horror or spooky things and. Somehow you ended up on your wedding, Chris. Oh, no, that's where we're going with that one, huh? That's where we decided to go with that. Hey, Chris, what's your scary story? He's like, well, he got married. 
<laughs> no, I think I topped that one because mine only lasted, you know, four months. That's not really scary, though. That's more you disappointing. My ex-wife. Uh, I mean, I don't remember what she looks like. I've seen pictures. I never met her. And I'm not no. about to go digging for them, so. You are lucky. Yeah, speaking of, Eric, somebody who hasn't gone through with the wedding yet, is this, is this really the direction you want to go in? Nope. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you're next in line to I've get had, fucked uh, up. My, my share of fucked up events. Well, Eric, I hope when you do get your, your wedding, I hope it's everything you want it to be and nothing goes wrong. And also remember, you know, two people that could uh, officiate the wedding. Uh, no, di- no disrespect, but I ain't officiating shit for you, Eric, because I'm going to be partying. Well, then I will do it. <laughs> Somebody's got to tell people where the fucking bar is. <laughs> yeah, just look, point towards me. You're like, hey, where's the bar? Look for Chris. <laughs> hey, guys. Come sit down. I'm yeah, here. That's where the bar is. I'll be there. Just make sure that I've got a, I've got an Uber, so... Nothing bad happens. I Uber is the greatest invention ever, by the way, for when you want to drink and avoid responsibility of driving. Greatest invention ever. Let's go, Uber, boys. So, lift. Same thing. Whatever. If you had to pick an age for people to stop driving, what would what age would it be? <laughs> I'm not touching that one, man. When can when can people start driving? No, no, no not start. Start. No. Stop. But when can people start driving? Uh well, I feel like. I feel like 16 is a good age to learn. Okay, and then 17. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think anybody should drive? I feel like, as a person who has never really driven that much in my entire life, I feel that 90% of drivers uh, did just enough to pass their road test and then forgot every fucking thing about driving as soon as they passed their test. They did. Yeah, I I I can argue that fact either. I, I don't think that the problem is an age factor. I think it's a person factor. And I think I think that there should be and I know someone's gonna someone's gonna fight me on this because it's gonna be like that's an inconvenience. I think that every X amount of years you should have to retake the driving test. I and fully rem- agree with that. And remember what you what you learned and how the rules of the wor- of the road work. And if you don't pass, you don't get to drive again until you do. We're talking full-on road test with the brownie in your car. Yep. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if you necessarily have to go the full road test route. I think a. No, I think no. a course like, would be. I feel like the road test is definitely recommended, and I, and I'd say like started at age seventy, just like because I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking fifty. <laughs> At 50? Yeah, let's start it at 50 then. Fuck it. Because I feel like back in the day wasn't that big of a deal. But now that we got Uber and stuff like that, like old people can still get around. Also, also, I think if you uh, 
maybe perhaps if you lived super rurally and all of a sudden you're moving into the city, maybe you should, might, could have to do something about that. Yes, because <laughs> there is a world of difference between driving in a small town and driving in a big city. And possibly even vice versa. Yes. <laughs> so have have it like a... Almost like what motorcycle licenses are, have like an yes. endorsement on there. Like, okay, you're okay to drive in the country, and you need to do another test to drive in the city. Yes, like I mean, yeah, you end up in you end up in the city, you end up end up in the city. But if you're like, that's where you're going to be. Now, I think there should be a test if you want to get a giant pickup truck that you need to learn how to stay between the lines, and if you can't, you don't get to drive the pickup truck. You gotta stay between the lines while holding your beer. (laughs) (laughs) Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Uh, I actually used to watch that show. Oh, I did too. It's the greatest, it's one of the greatest theme songs of all time. And I will fight people on that. The only theme song that's greater than that is The Greatest American Hero. Boss hog. An anus. That's emus. What did I say? You said anus. (laughs) Oh, good God. All right. So from the scariest things, from a Halloween-themed episode to cake and Dukes of Hazard, we are just on a friggin' roll right now. All right. So we're talking, somehow we were talking about trick-or-treating and got stuck on the, oh, I was talking about the trunk-or-treat stuff. Is that where we were? Yes, How far yeah. back do I need to circle? Except, okay. I'm, no, I'm that, that's, sure. that's right. What? That's where we were. What is trunk or treat? So uh, people from the community gather in a spot. They park their cars. And the kids basically walk around to each car and they trick or treat like out of the trunk. So it's, it's a community Instead of out of your house. Yeah, instead of out of your house. So everybody gets the Halloween experience. They get the candy that they want. And everyone's it's, fully supervised. Everyone's fully supervised. It's well lit. It's it's all participation based, and people seem to have an issue with that. And I don't see the problem. Well, the, and here's the trick. Here's my and here's my thing. The okay? trick is I lock you in my trunk. Jesus Christ! <laughs> then you definitely get in that <laughs> that that sign. We already that, that pedophile flag. Yes. You I mean, guys are well, like three seconds later, but hey. Sometimes I realize how lucky we are that our our current sponsor is also a big fan of the show. Because if he wasn't, <laughs> I feel like we would have lost it by now. Do it. Uh, I, I wouldn't even go to this fucking thing. Okay, but here's my like, other thing. Oh, good. They're doing truck or treat. That means I can stay in my own damn house and they leave me alone. Yeah. Here's my other thing, though. If you want your kid to have the Halloween experience... Why the hell don't you take them trick-or-treating? Is there an ordinance in your town that says you can't? Because I haven't heard of that. If there is, that's one thing. Then and, then you should, maybe you should try and fight that and speak out a little bit. Because <laughs> bitching about it on Facebook ain't going to do anything. Some parents do. Some, pa- some parents go out with their kids. And, and I have a feeling that some parents let their kids go out and trick-or-treat on their own on the off chance that they do get kidnapped or killed so they don't have to worry about it. Well, this show just got dark again. <laughs> God damn it. I can't even come up with something to say to this. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, all good. It's all good. 
What if your kid doesn't come back? Oh no! Oh, like, uh, that's one, oh no! One less mouth you have to feed. Think of all the money you can save, and then you can use that money to plan a vacation with Adrian Cotton. <laughs> Is this oh, our sponsor segue? <laughs> God damn! <laughs> Fucking bravo, dude! All right, so after. <laughs> After you've ditched the kids, go ahead to emersoncotton.teletravel.com and plan your next getaway. I mean, you don't want to have your kids with you on a sexy vacation, so... Dude, I mentioned this, like, I, I mentioned, like, throwing a party and having it be, like, just for friends, but also just for adults, and... The first couple of people I told that to were people who have kids, and every one of them agreed it would like, be a yes, good please. idea. Yeah, yes, they all agree it would be a good idea. We were talking about doing a, a reunion for the one college I went to, and we're like, are we doing it with or without kids? And like 50-50, maybe even more, like, please do it without kids, like the, parent, the people with kids. That's <laughs> like, just it. Like, well, I'm going to have to have my kids. The other half are like, <laughs> please, let me leave my kids with my in-laws for a week <laughs> <laughs> i don't trust people that get so defensive about that to me the the parents i trust the most are the ones who are like hell yeah i'll do that without my kids like unload them because that to me is is honesty as a parent i understand not all kids are terrors right like i get that but some kids are downright freaking cool even if your kids are cool like have a little bit of time to yourself a little bit of time to yourself like what lies are you telling yourself that you're refusing to do that? Like, I, under, I understand, and, and I know people are going to come at me and be like, well, you're not a parent, you just don't get it. I have tons of friends who are parents who all agree with this mindset. So it's definitely not a no-kid thing. And I'm not, and I understand that, like, there are people who, they have circumstances where they can't be separated from their kids, and I get that, and I respect that, but... They're not the people I'm addressing here. The people I'm addressing are the ones who are like, oh, well, if kids aren't allowed, we're not going because that's just rude. And I'm like, is it, though? Because I know a bunch of other people who think that sounds awesome. That was what my wedding actually was. We refused to have kids there, and some people got pissed. We're like, okay, well, then you're not coming. Yeah, that happened with ours, too. There was only one kid who actually came, and the only reason he did is because it was Shannon's godson. That was the only, that was the lone exception. We didn't and, and I've actually I remember as a kid, like my parents going to weddings and the family didn't go because they didn't want kids and I I wasn't personally offended. I thought that was awesome. All right, yeah, bye. I, was like, I didn't want to go to your stupid wedding <laughs> know, anyway. Right? Some person that you went to high school with twenty that's, years and ago. That's and another that's another thing. I don't think kids have fun at weddings. They don't, unless the DJ is cool. Or they have an awesome cake. Yeah, no cake for you. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's so funny because I think people seem to associate, like, wrongfully associate me as being like a child hater or something because I've been outspoken about not wanting kids and, like, not really liking them. And that always makes me laugh, too, because everybody when they make that assumption also assumes that that automatically means I hate their kid. Like they take it personally. I'm like, what does your kid have to do with it? I, it's a general statement. Like as a general whole, I'm not that big of a fan of children. You know what else? I'm not that big of a fan of as a general whole people period. 
But I think I can sum up why you are not a big fan of kids. Yeah, because you know where I worked. You worked there too. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Because I've worked. That's just it. I worked with the general public, so there's a lot of things about the general public I don't like. And what? And kids is always the one that people get the most offensive about. If I said old people, half those people would who are already chastising me would immediately agree with it. You know what else I can't stand large groups of? White men. You know what I am? A white man. But I can't stand being in large groups of them because I don't like what they end up talking about and acting like. You just hate. You're racist. And sexist. Yeah, well, Avenue Q said we're all like that, so. Everyone's a little bit racist. Love that. Avenue Q also said that the internet is for porn. Which is also not incorrect. (laughs) This is actually pretty true. Sorry, Kate. I masturbate. (laughs) Ah, that's a great play. I fucking love that play. And I've never even seen it. I just know the music. I just know that song, that one song. I saw it. In Orlando. You do after. (laughs) The whole, all the music is great. Here's so funny. She she builds an argument of like, you did this and that and that and this. And then the one just like, yeah, but what do you think he did afterwards? He just admits it. Yeah. (laughs) Ew. She's like, I hate men. I hate the internet. (laughs) But here's the thing about that play. Because I've I've seen it and it's friggin' brilliant. Everybody associates it as being like this raunchy, this raunchy puppet show. But it's actually a really true to life play because it's all about like dealing with common adult problems that you end up dealing with. Like wanting to feeling like uh, your college days are behind you. And what am I even going to do with this degree that I have? Because I'm not utilizing it. And yeah, life, life is really difficult and unfair, but I, but you have to kind of just suck it up and, and go with it. And all the characters having all their problems, like the one guy who's trying too hard to admit that he has a girlfriend because he's actually in the closet. There's a lot of true to life stuff in that play. And I think everybody associates it with the internet is for porn. And it's like, well, yeah, that's a, it's a hysterical song, but it's not what that play is all about. It would be like the assumption that the book of Mormon, all it does is just rip on the Mormon religion. Actually, it doesn't. It talks about how ridiculous religion is in some cases while also praising it for the stuff that they say it did right. It's a matter of interpretation. And double click for porn. And double click for porn. Anyway, back to Adrian Cotton. You know, if you, like, say that you... Uh, is this still the sponsor spot? Holy shit. Okay. It is because we haven't given the thing. If you mention the show when you're getting your bookings with them, you might win a free trip. I want to know if anybody's won that trip yet, by the way. Three days, two nights. Is anybody taking advantage of this when they plan their trip? Because I want to know if anybody's won that getaway. And if you did win it, where did you go? I haven't done it yet, but I am uh, going to be contacting Mr. Adrian Cotton soon because I'm taking a trip that is long overdue. And you know him. You know him. I need to mention... uh, Club Cafe, but I'm going to do it anyway, just, you know, just in case. You know what you guys have in common, Jeff? You're both published uh, We are both authors. published authors yes. and we're podcasters. You yes. can get their work on 
through Amazon for crying out loud. All right, so so real quick before we before we segue out of here, um, I want to just give Jeff a moment here to plug the stuff that he does, if you don't yeah. mind, sir. Oh, not at all. I will gladly plug my stuff. Uh, I have six books right now that are available on Amazon. Just type in the name Jeff Trelowitz. Tr people. He's working on a new one. He's been writing. He's been writing. Yes, I have. I'll get to that in just a little bit. Six books available. Two of them are actually available on barnesandnoble.com, too, so you can special order through that. Um, but, yeah, T-R-E-L-E-W-I-C-Z is the last name. I know it's a hell of a name to spell, and thank you trying to spell it correctly. Um, paranormal books, books about science fiction, non-paranormal. I have a book that involves a uh, serial killer and a stalker, because, you know, those two go hand in hand. Yeah, that's a perfect uh, for Halloween. I mean, that book, that was my sixth release, and that was done on uh, Valentine's Day because nothing says Happy Valentine's Day like a serial killer song. <laughs> I remember when you were promoting that book, too, and I thought that was the greatest promotional tactic. I was, I, I was there was no other way to do it. I mean, I, I had to – I was like, what's – you know, I don't want to wait until, Val- or until Halloween for this, so uh, why not just do it on Valentine's Day? And yes, I am working on a new book. Um, I am probably about 13,000 words into a 50,000-word book. And the best way I can describe it, and this is the first time I'm publicly discussing this, so it is a exclusive to the nerd Ooh, table. Exclusive. And it is perfect for uh, Halloween because it is about... Imagine, the best way for me to put this, imagine ghost hunters investigating Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, okay. There you go. It is called the Golden Creek Murders, and it has a potential, I mean, obviously I have a long way to go, but it has a potential to be my best book, because right now my favorite book is Time Travel's Journal. This has the potential to top that. There you go. Uh, and where can we listen to you on CKCC Radio? You have to listen to me on one of two different shows. There is uh, Real Paranormal Talk, which will be this week. I will It will be released on Halloween. And then next week will be a uh, new Ranking Tracks, where I discuss a Jim Croce album. Ooh. I just released a new one that was... A fun listen to as well. So I'm always trying to vary up the um, artists and the decade because I don't want to just do all 80s because that's my favorite genre and my favorite era. So last week it was an 80s album. It was Cindy Lauper, and I absolutely had a blast listening to that entire album. From yeah, can I can I do some follow up to that? By the way, you friggin' right blew my mind with that episode. <laughs> Because I know exactly where you're going with this one. Because I didn't know that Girls Just Want to Have Fun was a cover. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. I never knew that. I only knew it because I did the research on the album first, and I'm like... And it was originally by a guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't Weird Al. <laughs> I love that, too. Uh, Jeff, w- w- right when he's reading the lyrics to the song, he starts reading Girls Just Want to Have Lunch instead, and I popped... I had to don't want breakfast, dinner, or brunch. Like, well, as I was listening to the album, getting ready to record, I'm like, okay, you know, 
I love the Weird Al version. I want to make mention of it. And I was like, I could just mention it. Or I could just read the lyrics and be like, oops, my bad, wrong song. Oh, it's so, but that's that's perfect. That's exactly how I would do it. If you ever review Gangster's Paradise, you're going to have to start reading the lyrics. I think, well, I don't think I'm going to do a Coolio album anytime soon, but you never know. Or that movie that was in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you have you done um, several uh, soundtracks? Uh, no, I have not. I because soundtracks to me are difficult because they're they're pick and choose because they're all bangers sometimes. Yeah, like <laughs> there, there's several. Like I may do a uh, Patreon exclusive couple of soundtracks because I said on the first uh, podcast I will not be doing greatest hits because that's too easy. I'm not going to do live albums because again that's too easy. That's just and album, soundtracks are kind of iffy. There are certain soundtracks I absolutely love, but I may, yeah, I may save those for Patreon exclusives. What if we do a show tunes one where, like, you do Fiddler on the Roof starring Zero Musto? Because I uh, have that record. Fun fact somebody on the show was in Fiddler on the Roof in high school. It was Eric, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. God damn it. How'd you find that? I was in that play, and thankfully I did not have any solos that involved me singing, but I did have to dance on stage, and that is not pretty either. So um, I was the innkeeper. I was Rebka, the one where the, the the wedding takes place. I have to do this big monologue all about love, and I was standing on a chair. Yeah, that was fun. Actually sounds like fun. Try not to break your neck while you do a long monologue. I so. danced on a chair on my 21st birthday, drunk in a Hooters. Uh, can I tell a funny injury story about theater since we're talking about it? Well, now you have you, to. You can't, you can't say something like that and not tell the story. The year before, we did a show called uh, Little Abner. And I had two very minor roles. And literally, opening night, Two minutes into the show, I'm injured. <laughs> because what it is, is one of the characters was on stage, and his wife comes from one side, his buddies come from the other. We want him to go hunting and fishing. She wants him to come home. So we're playing tug-of-war with him, and he's got a like a giant rifle in his hand. Piano player's going, bump, 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 and on one bump, we're all supposed to fall down. Well, unfortunately, the guy playing the the tug-of-war victim didn't realize where the gun was pointing, and the butt of the gun went right into my kneecap. Mm. It echoed throughout the uh, theater to the point where the director came running backstage to meet me to make sure I was all right. And I, you know, I was like, I'm going to see what I can do because I, you know, I don't have any understudies. I have two roles. And it turned out that as long as I was on stage... My knee knew, okay, adrenaline take over, you're fine. The minute I stepped off stage, I was in pain. Well, unfortunately, there's a scene in that show where we have to run through the audience. I'm being chased, and I'm thinking, will my knee know that I'm technically on stage? It did not. So so I am trying to run through the crowd on one foot. (laughs) Oof. By the next show, I was fine, but I'm like, yeah, that that just that was not good. Uh, another pl- another show, D- 
dude fell off the stage because we had to build the stage ourselves. We're in the other side of the wings, and we just hear a guy fall and yell, "Oh my balls!" <laughs> like, nope, that's that's not <laughs> part of the balls. Taz, my balls! I don't. <laughs> uh, so this is like a musical version of the old cart, uh, the old uh, of the cartoon. cartoon yep. Yeah. Uh, well, at least your knee recovered for the most part. Till you hit old age, and then yeah. everything goes. Well, here comes the beggar. He wants some more treats. Oh, I just had a cat on my lap. I don't know if anybody heard her. I don't think she made any noise. She was just enjoying the pets. We all, we all yeah. have we all have fun Here stories about the pets. <clears throat> Alright. So we're past the top of the hour. It's time for some shout outs. So let's go I'm gonna go through the list here and find some people to shout out now. Uh Jeff probably thinks he's gonna get his shout out this week. Nope, I don't kiss ass on the air. Yeah, I figured I was not gonna be shouted out today. It, yeah, not not this time, sir. <clears throat> not this time. Uh, I'm going to do the first shout-out to a buddy of mine who is terrified about what I'm going to say about him. So I'm going to both give him anxiety and put his fears at rest at the same time by mentioning our friend Brian James Leon. Yes. Now Dan knows Brian, and so does Jeff. That We're going back long time back in the Club Kayfabe Wrestling Group. Eric became oh, Brian acqu- since like oh six. There you go. Uh, Eric became acquainted with Brian through Among Us. He would be the one called Mancubus, yes. the one that you mistakenly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Let's do this. Yes. Who you said <laughs> you made you made reference to the Borderlands character and said that was Alurize. I I th- you know what. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I know. Yeah, here's the best part. The best part of the story is Brian texts me that I said, you should call Eric out for that in the comment section. He'll probably just go, My bad. <laughs> and that's exactly what you did. Alright. It's so, my default response. Dan, how did I'm you first Brian. meet Brian? We were uh people with that with Wiggly's old wrestling show in the mid aughts. Ah, uh, yes. Wiggly. Same with how I met Pat and all of them, and that's how I met you because I met Pat through that. Uh, Wiggly, Wiggly's such a good guy. I we should we should try to see if we can get him on this show because we've had him on Club Cafe back in the day. I don't I don't know if I still have contact with him though, but he's a good guy. Yeah, so Brian. Brian's a, a long-term wrestling fan, which is how we became acquainted, although he does admit he doesn't really watch anymore. Uh, but he is a big gamer. He's a big anime guy. So he and I did bond over lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Brian is from the fictional state of Minnesota. That yeah, appara- I went to college in that fictional state. Apparently people live in that state. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's... I don't hey, remember. Yo. Yeah. Did you know people live in Wyoming? No. <laughs> Wyoming's like Australia. It doesn't exist. Wyoming, Australia, and birds are just myths. The, none of this is real. real. Birds are not real. Wyoming is not real. I think Wyoming has more buffalo than it has people. 
And you know what? That sounds about right. I don't know jack shit of anybody who lives there, so there's nobody listening to this right now who can correct me. And I don't think I've ever seen Wyoming pop up in the uh, the algorithm for where we get our, our hits from. I see random countries that listen to the show because somebody in Germany found some keyword on some episode that decided they needed to listen to CKCC radio. All the time, it reference to the German Scheiße porn. <laughs> Maybe. Good old- no, I, I realize those counters saying where people listen are not always correct. Because on United We Fan, they said that nobody in Connecticut has ever listened to their show. And that is incorrect. Well, clearly, their algorithm is wrong. I don't believe some of those algorithms anyway. Like, I mean, I, well, you have it's VPN. based upon what they ping, right? So it's like whatever your ISP is. Basically, doing, yeah. But that's the other and thing, And then you too. might be doing other stuff, too, because there's VPNs and stuff. So, like, someone who lives down the street could be coming from Australia. Well, I know that we get all of our listens through... We get all of our listens through iTunes and Spotify, but I don't actually get those numbers because those websites are always giving me issues getting that data. So I just have to go off the numbers that we get on Podbean directly, which is the third most way people listen to stuff because that's the link that I share. So I know we're getting an impressive amount of people, but I can't exactly figure out how many people we're getting because I don't see the two bigger numbers. All I know is that according to Podbean, for some reason, the Stupid Sexy podcast of Lisa, of Depressed Lisa from season one is the most listened to episode in the channel's history on Podbean. And I have no idea why that episode. I am. Moaning, was it Moaning Lisa or the other one? Moaning Lisa. Yeah. That's well, the there mo- was uh, the most listened to episode of Talking Talkies when we did it was when we did the Star Wars original trilogy. Oh, well, yeah. That matter- <laughs> I know. We like tripled our numbers and we're like, well, I guess we should be talking about Star Wars more often. To the point where we had to delete all other podcasts that were. Yeah, because, because we, we didn't using- have money back then. We didn't have patrons and a sponsor back then to help us. So, so it, literally, it was getting downloaded so often and so much that we ran out of space. <laughs> we ran out of band like. Like the channel, we couldn't physically upload anything, even, because that's what free accounts do, which is why we have wonderful patrons like Brian to help fund this endeavor and keep it free and make it so you can listen to everything without us removing anything. That is what this is for. The patrons pay for the the, the uh, space, and they also pay for the website. It's also some nerd in this call right now. Yeah. Nerd. Guy's a patron. Patron.com slash Club Kayfabe. You get exclusive stuff. Trying to put out some more content every single month. But you also get to be very interactive with us. And Brian is... Brian's actually currently the leader in points for the Entertainment Challenge for the year. So, even even with the two games I haven't updated in my points database here, he is still the uh, the top... The top dog right now. So, guy just knows how to make us laugh. But, like I said, Brian and I have bonded over a lot of stuff because we have a lot of we have a lot of similar stuff, and then we also have similar work experience because we've both worked in warehouses and dealt with forklifts and dealt with the dumb people that come from those environments. So we've had a lot of conversations about that. But he's a he's a very good guy. I have never actually met him. Because that's how the internet works when you make friends on the internet. But he is somebody who I would probably actively hang out with if 
he didn't live in the Twin Cities. So what even, you're saying is the internet is for more than porn? Uh, it's for making friends, yeah. Well, what do you think he does after? I don't want to know what any of our listeners do with their spare time. I already know that one person in this call isn't wearing pants, so I don't need to know that the other people aren't listening to it aren't either. God damn it, how'd you know? <laughs> hey, what are you talking about you? Talking about the guy who has literally only worn pants two times we've ever podcasted. And we've been podcasting since 2013, and we've done multiple shows together. I am in boxers. But I am wearing a Captain America shirt, so I got that going for me. That counts. I don't know if that makes up for the boxers, but... No, nah, you know what? <laughs> I say I say pants are overrated, and nobody should have to wear them. So. I am in my own house. Yeah, so am I. But I'm actually glad I have pants on because my cat won't stop jumping up on my lap and I don't trust her and her claws to get startled and dig into me. So I Are am you glad. Your left nut? Yeah, brother. No, she ain't on that. She's on the thighs, but that can still hurt. But Brian, Brian's a good guy. Uh, he's a lot of fun to play with and among us for the Extra Life stream coming up Saturday the 6th at 4 p.m. is when... The time has been agreed upon to begin the stream, the call time at 3.30, so we can all set up and get set, get set up here. That'll give people half an hour to get ready. So we're going to try to start right at 4. It's not going to be right at 4. It never never is. But, but yeah, but Brian absolutely deserves a shout-out. He'll be part of that. You'll get to hear him. You'll get to hear him murder us and lie about it. But, yes, good guy. Uh, proud to call him my friend. See, dude, I wasn't going to say anything negative about you. He's also a piece of trash. That's for Dan to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, I'd like to do my next shout out to somebody who Eric and I just had the pleasure of talking to this past week. Our good friend Katie from Disney. We had if you want to Katie. hear from Katie, definitely listen to the latest Park Hopper. Yes, the latest Park Hopper episode, we journeyed through Katie's Disney journey. As we said, we made an open invitation for people if they ever wanted to come on and tell their story. They were welcome to. And not only was she the first one who asked, but she's the one who actually pestered us. So, that sounds like Katie. Uh, we love Katie. Uh, Eric's already kind of told that that story of how him and Katie met, so... We won't chew our food twice on this one because we want you guys to go listen to that. But Eric, not like, yeah. But Eric, please say some nice things about Katie. Uh, give me a minute. Come back, Matt. Oh, she's gonna get so mad at you right now. She's gonna get so mad at you. <laughs> Somehow she's, she's already cursing the podcast, and she can't even hear it yet. <laughs> Katie might be the single coolest redheaded Texan Disney obsessed person I've ever met. Yeah, oh, hands down. I like. I just like messing with her. It's one of those things I always. I've always picked on her. But she's. But she's a good spirit about stuff, and she also isn't afraid to fire back, which is why I think we we developed a very brother sister relationship, the two of us and her. We really did. She really is like our little sister. Like, we pick on her, but God help you if you do anything to her. You are not allowed to pick on her. Only we pick on her. That's that's a total brother-sister relationship. 
But yes, Katie came up through. We, I can't I can't give too much of a shout out here without giving away a lot of stuff that I want people to go back and listen to Park Hopper for because I think they'll enjoy her story. It's a it's a fun journey. There's a lot of fun stories we talk about. We have a lot of laughs. At one point, Eric broke me because he made a crude joke at Katie's expense and I didn't see it coming and I friggin died. I uh oh I can only imagine what that is. I guess I will have to check that out. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying it, but it, it okay. broke me. It openly broke me. But Katie's such a good person and I am still proud to call her my friend after all this time because yeah, she is she's a wonderful human being. And my I, favorite thing about Katie is the fact that you and her create recreated that poster. I love um, that picture, and I, sh- yes. I I posted that in the comments of the episode on I posted on Facebook, the the origin of that picture. Yeah, because I I remember just thinking it's such a ridiculous picture, and I think it was her idea to to have us recreate it, and we just did it. Again, not do. surprised by that one bit. Because that's what we do. But yes, uh, so so Katie, big shout out for you here. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of thumb through the list here. Uh, Here's somebody I want to give a, a shout out to. Uh, you guys don't really know this person, but I mentioned her husband earlier with the cake story. My good friend Vivian. And I want to give Vivian a shout out because she came in the college program with Shannon and is one of the few people from that program who is still actively friends with us to this day. And I'm going to see her in. Oh, man, it's. Since it's Halloween weekend, and I'm going to Ohio the first weekend in December, so it's way closer than it has any right to be now. But uh, So yes, uh, Vivian, her husband Josh, plays pro baseball. He's played on a bunch of double-A teams. He's played for the York Revolution, so we got to see him pitch when they played Lancaster Barnstormers, which was awesome. Because Lancaster did not show up to play that day. <laughs> so rooting for the away team was perfectly fine because they won. Because I've been a Yankee fan in hostile territory. And I know what happens when they lose. You yep, become yeah. the target. <laughs> yep, I've done that myself going into Yankee Stadium wearing a Red Sox hat. There you go. So you know what that's like. And... If there are two aggressive sports fans in the world who don't take kindly to outsiders, it's New York and Boston. <laughs> so Somehow yeah. I walked out alive, barely, but, you know, I was a kid. I like to think that's why I did not get murdered that day. Well, I remember I was a kid when I saw them play Anaheim and they lost, and I remember people were giving me shit on the way out the door, and I was literally with my parents. So like, wow, no, there's just no chill out here. But when you also root for a sports team that's hated, these things happen, so... I purposely didn't wear any of my Yankee stuff when I went to the, the ball game I went to. <laughs> uh, but Vivian's a good, close, personal friend. We did Kilimanjaro Safari together. She is the only person I know. Our college program was 2008. She only just recently dropped her seasonal status. She somehow survived this entire time as a seasonal cast member because she was able to plan trips to go down there and make them happen so she and work enough hours so she could keep that status. And I got to give her a lot of credit for that because holy shit. I didn't have enough dedication to stay seasonal when I was friggin' living there because I was like, I got to pick up a shift on my day off from Universal. I don't want to do that. 
And they're like, LOL, you're not keeping up with this. You're not you're not cast member anymore. Well, son of a bitch. Guess I gotta go back full time, but that's how I got to interventions and met you guys, so good decisions? It worked out. Sure. But so I give her a ton of credit for actually doing that. Uh, I also give her a lot of credit for not only being a friend who has actively stayed friends with us, but who has also actively come to visit us, hang out with us, still chat with us. And um, <clears throat> the best time I ever had at a Halloween Horror Nights was with her and a group of friends. Because that was the I got to do the most stuff with the best group of people I could have done it with. So I can't say enough good things about her. Uh, she will be joining us for the Among Us charity stream. She's played a couple of times before, but I don't think enough times for you guys to really get to know her. I just remember one time we were playing, she was doing it from hotel Wi-Fi. So every time we saw her character, it was like in the walls. Because <laughs> that's, how, that's how lag works. So people are like, well, I didn't see Vivian in the room. Like, yeah, to his credit, nobody did. <laughs> so she was able to get away with a lot of murder that way. She's a very good person. And as I've mentioned before, the list of people who I've actively maintained friendships with since I left Florida has severely dwindled. But thankfully, she is not one of them. Just like Katie and you guys, Eric, Jeff, like... In fact, I've actually blossomed some of some friendships as a re direct result of leaving. So that's something I can appreciate. Uh, let's do a shout out for let's find somebody who we can all talk about because we've got a lot of people on this list here. And I want to make sure everybody gets their their dues. Put it, I wanna, I'm putting everybody over here. Well, here's somebody we can talk about, because I believe everybody knows this person, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes? Well, I guess there's only one way to find out. <laughs> but do you all know... Uh, no I, guess, man. Uh, I guess... I guess Eric doesn't know who this is. Never mind. I'm, try I'm trying to be nice here. He lives on Drury Lane? Uh, fuck it, I'm just going to pick somebody. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's give a shout out to our friend Susie, Eric. Oh, okay. You remember Susie? I remember. Uh, she was our f former roommate. She lived with Shannon and I. She was our last roommate before we moved. What was that? Was Jeff, one you should know Susie as well. He may have met Susie. Well, Susie was trained as, as well. Yeah, but Je Jeff did presenter side, and she did yeah. she did host, and, and she wasn't was trained as a killer. Yes, she it depends on when, because I left in twenty thirteen. Yeah, I was trying to think. I was just like, no, I guess you wouldn't. No. Now we would have been roommates. That no, maybe not. Our roommate, our roommate Nicole, moved out after the wedding, and then we we brought in Susie for the last the last year, and it was one of those deals where we needed a roommate and we were asking around, and we hadn't we hadn't really met, 
but she was interested and she came over to see the place and meet the cats and everything. And we decided she was cool. So we we offered the room to her and she took it and she was a good roommate. I know she was more primarily on the living with the land and Soren side, but yeah. Um, and a quick shout out to her partner. Uh, Michelle is her partner's name. And I won't go into Michelle's personal details here. Cause again, I don't know her partner and, uh, Michelle's transition and everything. That's not for me to discuss, but my interactions with Michelle have been all positive thus far. And if they are making a power couple, shout out to the two of them. And I hope they keep being awesome. And Susie, I hope you are listening to this. I don't know how often you listen to Eric and I be stupid, but I know you enjoyed hanging out with us when we were being stupid. So I'm sure this isn't that much of a stretch, I guess. Oh, boy. But yes, yeah, so, so shout out to her. And let's do... Ah, eh, fuck it. Let's do one more. This is somebody from the Club Kayfabe group, and this is somebody who I don't know well enough to give a real personalized shout out to, but he's been a supporter of Dan and I for a really long time, and I'd like to give a shout out to Michael Vaughn. Dan, you know Michael Vaughn. Yes. And you know... Yes, I, used to- I told him a little bit about doing stuff, because when I put my tweet out that I was watching him... He's one of the people that tweeted back at me. So. He's like, I gotta talk about this. Uh, but yeah, we, we've we never had like real personal in-depth conversations, except for the time I apologized to him for spelling his name wrong in the old, the old leaderboard for the old entertainment challenge we used to do in the wrestling podcast, because I always spelled it without the A. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. He goes... Oh, it's no big deal. People spell it wrong all the time. I'm like, no, this is no excuse. I've literally been spelling it wrong for like over a calendar year. And your name is on Facebook. I can see how it's properly spelled. This is not excusable. And I do not deserve an apology. <laughs> I did not I deserve forgiveness. One of one of my favorite things is wrestling fans that misspell wrestlers' names. Because every time you see them on television, their name is there fully spelled out for you in the bottom third of the screen. Every time you see them. Oh, like when I would ask who's people's favorite wrestler, and they would say Eddie Guerrero. G U E R O. I also love fan signs, like Rick with a K, Flair R I C K, or Brock with no K because nobody spells their name B R O C, or Brett with two T's with two T's H E A R T Heart. I've seen that, and then Heart Heart spelled like the body part. Double T, Brett, and body part, heart, in the same sign. Yep. If you're a fan of of somebody, why are you spelling their name wrong? If I can spell Simsack and Trellowitz off the top of my head, then you can spell Brett fucking heart. I can spell Trellowitz off the top of my head, but not... not Well, I've also... (laughs) Yeah, but I've also typed Jeff's name so many times that that was just an easy name to... Have you also known Simsack since you were children's? (laughs) Yeah, known Simsack the longest out of everybody else in the group, so... I better know how to spell his name. It also reminds me of the Chris Jericho bit where he would purposely mis, uh, mispronounce people's names, like Mike Henry and Kirk Angel. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was great. Because the whole idea was he just didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're not you're not worthy of him knowing your name correctly. 
<laughs> I want to do – I'm going to end the shout-out section with just a couple more of the quicker shout-outs that I'm not going to be able to get into too many details for. Shout-out. Uh, so I want to quickly shout-out Nathan Patton. He's a Club Kayfabe guy. Uh, he's a, he's been around for a while, but he's more of a lurker type. Yeah, he's not he's not a big interactor, but he's a supporter, and I I definitely want to give him that personalized shout out because I also know he's encouraging us to start playing. Um, what was it, Goose Goose Duck, which is apparently like Among Us, but with a, there's with a, a new game that's it. like a fancy Among Us that's coming out on on the PlayStation. It's going to be one of the free games for the month too. Nice. So he's trying to encourage us to to play that a little bit, and like I said, he's not he's not big on the communication side, but he's a big behind the scenes supporter. So he absolutely deserves that that shout out. Uh, quick shout out to my old coworker Sean Nessinger, who's in here. Shout uh, out, shout out. Sean worked with shout me at the out. warehouse, so Sean actually knows Alurize IRL, <laughs> just like I do. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> Condolences. And uh, Al Urias did not like Sean. <laughs> so, but Al Urias didn't like a lot of people we worked with. Uh, Sean's a good guy. He's got he's into a lot of the same nerd culture stuff that I am. So we always had fun conversations. He's he's a little bit of a fast talker to the point where I have trouble understanding him. But that's also somewhat on me because I do have issues with that kind of with that kind of speech if you're talking too fast to make out all the individual syllables i will ask you to repeat yourself so but he's a, he's a good guy he's in the group he's a supporter so quick shout out to him a quick shout out to our old club kayfabe friend dylan mushaw shout out shout out, out. and uh, dylan is from west virginia and i know he worked at a sheets and I know he's a big Rick and Morty fan. He's a wrestling guy. He's a, we don't interact that often, but like I said, everything's always been positive. He seems like a cool guy. He seems like somebody that I would have a good time hanging out with in real life. So quick shout out Almost to him. Almost heaven. <laughs> West Virginia. And then I will do it's one. Mountain. I'll do Jim. one more here for a, for a Disney guy. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Jens, who worked with us at the Sum of All Thrills. Eric, you remember Jeremy? Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, I do remember Jeremy. Yeah, he was I got a, a funny story about him. Oh, there you go. Well, let's let's personalize this. Oh no, I can't. I can't share that story. He once pooped his pants. No, no, no. no. I, I don't know. I don't think he would appreciate the share story. But Jeremy, if you're listening, man, I miss you. I hope uh, I hope everything is good. And uh, I think you left Disney already, right? Like, he's doing something else now. He is doing something else. I don't remember what it is, but I know he's doing well. I, th and, I think he was moving to Arizona. And you know what? Not a lot of people – you can you can get close with some people, and they'll be your friend. And they'll, like, come out and help you do stuff. There are people like him who I never realized, like, really gave that much of a shit about – like – you never get the impression that they actually give a shit about you, but I will never forget the fact that even I hadn't been working at Disney for eight months, and he still showed up and helped us move out of our apartment when we were packing up for the big move to Pennsylvania. And I will never forget that he went out of his way to do that for me. And Jeremy, I've never forgotten, and I still think about that, dude, when your name comes up. I always remember how good you were to me that day, and I don't, I don't forget stuff like that. 
So thank you very much. You were a tremendous help. You're a good guy. I wish you nothing but the best. And that concludes the shout-out portion for this week. Just knocked off 10 more. I got 45 names left on the list. Your shout-out is coming if you haven't heard your name yet. All right. So we got about 35 minutes to break down an entire fucking season of Game of Thrones. Is that what we're going to do now? All right. (laughs) let's let's fucking do this for those of you who a recap of a century alright so for those of you who have not seen Game of Thrones this is your time to tune out and I know some of you have been so I promise I won't put too much content at the end here but before you do turn turn us off uh, let me just quickly do the remaining plugs that I need to do. I've, I've mentioned Extra Life Day. Please make sure you tune into that. If you cannot afford the... Do- There's probably going to be another episode. I feel like we're probably going to record next Friday before the, the big stream. But I want to make sure that I'm saying this now. If you can't afford the donation, please share the link. The link will be public. And the stream will be on the link with the donation and everything. It's the Extra Life link. Please just share that. That's all I ask of you. Even if you can't donate, please just share it. That's really, really important to me if you do that. Because if you do, then we have nothing like there's not going to be everybody's going to get exactly what they need out of this. If you can't, the, the, it's completely free to just share the link and, and support us. And if you want to watch us be ridiculous to each other. By all means, tune in and watch how ridiculous it gets. And if you're listening to this and you want to play, this is your last chance to let me know because I've already got nine confirmed players out of the 15 available spots. Nine people have already absolutely dedicated. So we are filling up very, very quickly. You need to let me know and you need to confirm this with me. Okay? Have I made that clear? The <laughs> Please make sure you check out Jeff's stuff. Check out our partner podcasts like the Blake and Sal Show celebrating 400 episodes. Congratulations, boys. Great job on reaching 400. Check out the United We Fan podcast with Mark and Brian. They're uh, trying to get you into Halloween hype, so they just shared the old episode of The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, of which I was a part of. Always fun to talk about The Simpsons. And please go to YouTube and watch our friend Tom Dickinson on the Watch Me Cook channel. Tom is a professional chef. He teaches this for a living. And he has some very entertaining videos. And you might actually learn something. Not just a recipe. You might learn a technique. You never know. So check all that stuff out. Does anybody else have any plugs before we get into spoiler territory? Dan, I know you... Dan, you usually have something. Uh, Eric, gonna build some PCs for people? <laughs> I mean, I could. <laughs> there you go. If if there were fucking parts available. Yeah, there's the there's a trick there. All right. <laughs> I mean, Dave. if you're a BMW enthusiast and you need parts or things for your special car, you can go to bimmerbum.com and order go. stuff from my parents. There you go. <laughs> Plug your parents' business. Awesome. All right. So oh, let's shit. I want a number three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So season three, episode one, 
Valor Dorhis. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's recap what's going on beyond the wall. So we all know that the White Walkers attack leaves a few Night's Watch survivors, and one of them is Samuel Tarly. Fortunately for him, Commander Jor Mormont and Ghost show up to save his ass. And he's immediately like, you're a dumbass. Why didn't you warn of the approaching army? Now, everybody get the hell Did back to the wall. Crows? Yeah. No, that was your one fucking job. <laughs> that was your one job was to see the crows. Damn it. <laughs> And at the Wildling Camp, John sees Tormund Giantsbane. Great character. He's like, you must be the king beyond the wall. <laughs> He's just like, I ain't the fucking king. And that's when Aberforth Dumbledore shows up. Good old Mance Raider. Yeah, He's man. like, that's me. He's like, so what were your desires for deserting the Night's Watch? And John tricks him and he gets the approval. I want to fight for the side that fights for the living. Well done, John. We'll see how that turns out for you. <clears throat> Back at King Landing. Braun gets knighted. He's now Sir Braun. Braun of the Blackwater. And he has service to Tyrion because Tywin's now the hand of the king. So he's like, all right. I agree to recognize Tyrion's accomplishments during the Battle of Blackwater, but I'm not naming him the heir to Casterly, Casterly Rock and insults him. So that worked out well. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have Littlefinger and he's like, hey, Sansa, I'll smuggle you out of King's Landing. And then Ross is like, Ross tells Shay's like, hey, uh, you should look out for Sansa because I don't trust that Peter Baelish. Yeah, especially around him. Especially around him. And Joffrey becomes betrothed to oh, well, Lady Marjorie. This, this would prove to be correct, but also a mistake. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they travel to Flea Bottom so Marjorie can do her stuff at the orphanage. Oh, and, yes. Dude, I love how she plays the game. Yeah, she's, she's. I, I enjoy. I enjoy how that character works. Right, she gets the tries to get the sympathy of the people. Yep. She, she wants. Throws. She wants the sympathy. But then she also plays it in other ways, which we will discuss later. Meanwhile, of course, Joffrey's being a dick with his mom because you know we have the Tyrells, and then you've got Joffrey. Uh, Davos, he's actually stranded right now, but he gets rescued by a pirate. And he's just like, my son has, has been killed in the battle. And that's when the pirate's like, well, I don't want to be with Stannis anymore. So, you know, if you're in seclusion at Dragonstone, that's where he is. He's only going to talk with Melisandre. They're burning people alive. And Davos is like, well, I want to kill Melisandre, so can you bring me to Stannis? Of course, Stannis is completely indifferent to his survival. Melisandre is like, well, who's responsible for my defeat? Obviously, it was you. Because you told him to not let me be there. And if I was there, you would have survived. Davos fails his attack and gets tossed in the dungeon. 
this would prove to be actually pretty good for him as a person. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rob discovers that the mountain has abandoned Harrenhal, slaughtered the prisoners. So, of course, Bruce Bolton is sympathizing with Rickard Carstock's frustration that Caitlin let Jamie go. He's like, my best hunter is going to be after Jamie. And that's when they discover that there was a survivor, and that's Kyburn. Kyburn will be important later on in the story. And then, of course, here comes Danny. She's got her dragons. And that's when she's like, you know what I could use? An army of unsullied. These are eunuch soldiers who are renowned. They also fear, they feel nothing, and they take orders extremely loyally. Of course, this warlock tries to assassinate Danny, but Sir Barristan Selmy saves the day. Some little fucking girl gives her a ball <laughs> with a fucking scorpion in it. <laughs> And Barristan Selmy is the king's guard to Danny's father and swears his allegiance to her. And that's the first episode. So we kick off with a bang. A lot of world building going on in this first episode to set up for what's going to happen later on. Good so far, Dan? Good setup for the season. All right. So let's go to episode two Dark Wings, Dark Worlds. Darkwing Duck? Dark Exactly. Words. We're, we're, let's get well. Let's get dangerous now. So of course we have Marjorie and her grandmother, Lady Olena, badass character. <laughs> yeah, it is. Holy shit, Diane Diana Rigg, fucking busts out some great work in the years before she dies. Yup, such a such a great actress. So yeah, good. oh yeah, she, oh, she's yes, great on the, She's great on the show. She's so good, and it, and she gets better. She is. One of my top five characters on the entire show. Yeah, she is. She is great. So, of course, they're like, hey, Sansa, we've got this great idea. You know what you should do? Tell the truth about Joffrey being an asshole. And she eventually does. This informs. This is the other thing I love. I freaking love it. it. She now knows to, while she's with him, play in to his cruelty so that one, he sees her as someone of an equal in their cruelty, and two, so he doesn't do it to her. Right. It's a really good setup. And then, of course, we get the uh, we get the fun moment where Joffrey brings Marjorie to his chamber. And he's like, "Tell me about your late husband." Also, check out my new crossbow. And she's like, "He was gay. He was gay." He liked my brother than he more than he liked me. And then, of course, Shay gives Tyrion the warning. Uh, Lord Baelish has taken an interest in Sansa. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. That will that will come back. <laughs> <laughs> and still, a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> I could throw a rock and come up with a better love story than Twilight. <clears throat> I actually made several of those memes based off those two. <laughs> So, beyond the wall, we have Mance Raider. He is still distrustful of John, But there's a warg there named Orel, And he is capable of seeing through the eyes of an animal. That's a pretty cool little character trait that they... I feel like they could have done more with that ability. 
but they waste a lot of it on Bran later on when he starts warging. And well, they, yeah, I mean, this is all just a setup, right? Because like th- you learn about this from this guy, yeah, and then you can learn know it from that another somebody person. else can do it. Yeah. Now the words "this was wasted on Bran" is a common theme throughout the show. So <laughs> I can think of at least twenty-five. Yeah. You're being generous. Are you telling me that Bran is Hornswoggle and he was just what they dump they dump things on they wanted to get rid of? I'm not saying that, but I'm also not, not saying, saying that. that. Good God, what a fucking awful analogy. <laughs> also. 100% true. All, all the wrestling fans are laughing, and all the people who don't watch wrestling are like, huh? And all the people who watch who never seen Game of Thrones but understand wrestling aren't listening to this. So, Who's Hornswoggle? Who's Hornswoggle? He was a leprechaun. Uh, all I know is he's a nice guy. So I met him. He's a very nice guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's the aftermath of the Fist of the First Men. And so oh, I've seen that, so... And now we're like, ugh, Sam collapses because he can't friggin' get back to the wall. And that's when Rast, who's been tormenting this whole time, he's like, look, here's the deal. You're gonna, he's, you're gonna get him to the wall alive, and if you don't, you're gonna die. So. Well, guess what? A lot of shit happens before that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In the north, we're heading north with Hodor. Osha and Rickon, Bran gets another strange dream. And that's when Osha suspects him that someone's following him and we need to investigate. And he gets confronted by Jojen Reed, the boy from the yeah, dream. Yeah, he, like, see, he sees him in his dream. And then he's there. He's like, yeah, I'm with, with the raven. You're the raven. Then he freaking sees him. Like, yeah, we've been searching for you, Bran. And... He's accompanied by his sister Mira. So you've met Jojen Reed and Mira, who I don't, I don't really, I don't remember they came in this early into the story, but I don't remember a lot of things that came in certain time frames. So you that's the remember. way the show is, right? It jumps around a lot, so like you, you'll, you'll learn and know overarching plots by the end, and you won't realize exactly yeah. the order. And with yeah. so many characters throughout the season. It is easy to forget who came in when. It is, yeah. There, there's a lot or, to it. Or who's alive. <laughs> <laughs> who I remember with who. I remember watch when we did our second watch of the show, and like we're watching the pilot episode, and Robert arrives in Winterfell, and everybody, all the characters are out there. I'm like, there are so many dead characters in this scene. It's not even funny. Dead, <laughs> so, dead, 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 dead. That dead, one dead. made it. <laughs> So, so spoiler, Dan. At least one, at least one or two characters from that pilot episode make it to the end. I'm not going to tell you who. So, this oh this this setup here. So Theon has been captured. They're they're questioning him. He answers everything truthfully, but they're still torturing him. And here comes this guy who's like, "Yara sent me, and I'm going to get you out of here." And holy shit, <laughs> this goes south real fast. We'll get I was to like, that. Oh hey. Because it was there was a few characters that I knew of before, and he is one of the characters that I knew of before from before. Yeah, and I was like, he hasn't shown up yet. And then there was, I was like, that guy, he's a fucking son of a bitch. Yeah, but look at the way he comes into the scene when you first meet him, and you don't see it coming. It's it's so great. 
And I'm like, so when is he going to start becoming a son of a bitch? (laughs) (laughs) So Rob gets news that his grandfather has passed and Winterfell has been raised. Bran and Rickon have not been found. So they're like, that's it. We got to get to River Run because we got to go to Kate's dad's funeral. And of course, they keep during this season, they keep referring to the war. And I'm like, this entire season, there hasn't been a single battle in that war. Yep. Lord Karstark's upset about this, but Caitlin's like, no, I mean, I'm responsible for what's happening. And I have to take decisions here. That guy, bit of a dick. He wants his revenge so bad, he's going to fuck up later. Uh, here's where Thoros of Mir comes into play. Because Arya, Gendry, and Hot Pie are brought in. And they're fighting for the Brotherhood without banners. And here comes another party, and they've got a captive, and it's the Hound, and he knows who Arya is. Yeah, they're trying to walk away, and he's like, girl, what are you doing with a... <laughs> and then... That's when Jamie and Brienne get captured because the f- you got the farmer who gives him the warning and ja- Jamie's like, oh, we're going to have to kill him. And she's like, we're not doing that. So they start fighting. And then and she's like, he's going to go and tell people and they're going to know who I am. And that's exactly what happens. And then, of course, here comes Locke and with the farmer and they get captured. And that's episode three. This show is Full of good people doing the right thing and it me immediately butting them in the end. <laughs> For Just like Jack real life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so episode three, The Walk of Punishment. We've got Tywin, and he's like, All right, so here's what we're going to do we're going to have Baelish wed Lysa, and that way Rob won't have any allies, and Tyrion's going to be the new master of coin. And then we find out that, as treasurer, Baelish borrowed millions in gold from Tywin and tens of millions from the Iron Bank of Bravos. So Tyrion's like, his dad's not going to forgive the old debt. The Iron Bank's not going to fund the crowd's enemies. But he also ends up, <laughs> one of my favorite parts, old Podrick. I love Podrick. Tyrion awards him with prostitutes, but apparently Podrick was so big and so good that they wouldn't take payment. Yeah, he's like, we didn't even pay them yet. (laughs) They're like, they all just, what'd you do? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You have to tell us every single... Apparently Podrick just kicked some ass right there. And then this is later, because the one girl just telling Barris about it. <laughs> Later as well. So, of course, the cleaning boy frees Theon, rides east, gets overtaken by his captors, and the leader goes to rape him. But the cleaning boy arrives, slays them all, and frees Theon. So right now, Theon's in a good spot. See how long that lasts. Now you got Melisandre here, and she's going to set sail. Stannis is like, please, give me another son. She's like, I don't have the strength. 
My magic requires king's blood and must be required from others who share Stannis's blood. And who's even left now? Because both his brothers are dead. And they've been killing all the bastards. They're killing all but the there's bastards. One, that's a lot. There's one. You, there's one left that you know of, and you like him. So guess what's gonna happen? Guess what's gonna happen? <laughs> and then, oh my God! So this is Danny's first arrival with the slavers. She's like, "I'll give you my ship, followers, and my largest dragon in exchange." For the eight thousand unsullied oh, and the man, boys in training, that guy's such a dick. And I'm like, I was on to what she was. I didn't know she knew the language and she knew what he was saying the whole time. But I was like, I know that. She, that she, I have a feeling she knows that he's being a dick and he's trying to play her. Yeah, and that she's she's gonna get him so good. Because Missandei's in there and she's doing all the translations. And oh, there's gonna be a, there's a good payoff to that. Uh, the wild so I'm like I'm just waiting for this to pay off because I know it's going to be awesome. So of course the wildling army finds all these decapitated horses and they're arranged in a spiral. There's there's no men. You and know what that means? They're, they're all fucking undead walkers. They're now. all whites now. So he's like Tormund, you take a party, including John, go climb the wall. And he's like, and then signal with a fire to attack the Night's Watch. Of course, meanwhile, the rest of them just end up back at Craster's Keep. We're back there again. And that's when Sam sees that Gilly has given birth. And it's to a boy. And we all know what happens to the men who get birthed in Craster's Keep. So we're going to see what Sam can do with that. Uh, Lord Holster Tully is has the nice ship burial. His son lights the pyre, gets shamed oh, by his oh uncle. See, now that's like the realest shit ever, right? Like, fucker's gonna... You're gonna miss. You're gonna miss. Yep. I missed three times. <laughs> yep. And then... Caitlin's like, well, I've got a plan. <laughs> so we're gonna see how that works, and that's when... Talisa's actually tending to Tywin's captured nephews, Martin and Willem. Oh, yeah, and they ask, does he turn into a wolf at night? Does he eat children? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yes, he turns into a wolf. No, I mean, unless it's a full moon. Is it a full moon? <laughs> Is it? Yes. <clears throat> <laughs> so Arya and Gendry bid farewell to Hot Pie, who's going to remain at the inn and become a cook. Yeah, because he just made some brown freaking bread. And it was the best she ever had, so he's going to stay. By the way, that actor... With a name like Hot Pie, what else is he supposed to become? That actor actually <laughs> owns a bakery called... You... You... What is it? It's like You Doe Nothing John... Oh, no, You Know Nothing John Doe is the name of it. He has an actual bakery, which is awesome. You Know Nothing John... Oh, my God. And the hound gets taken away. Of course, we have Jamie and Locke. And he's like, you know, Brienne's father's a rich lord. And Locke's like, all right, I guess we won't rape her then. And Jamie's oh, like... Oh, he says she's from the Sapphire Isles. You know why it's called that? Because <laughs> all the Sapphire in the kingdoms comes from there. What do you think he's going to... How much money do you think he's going to pay you for treating her well? And for right. Her back? This and, would prove to be useful at that moment, but not useful later. <laughs> so, of course, they're like, you know, if Jamie gets returned... Uh, you'll be rewarded. So Locke's like, oh, that sounds good. But in actuality, I'm not okay with that. And he cuts off Jamie Lannister's hand. 
Yeah, dude. Holy shit. But he keeps it around his neck. Which is, I wonder what he does with it at night. It's, oh. Uh... <laughs> da na na which, and it was also they could have that joke in the later episode. He's like, he's lost his head. No, he hasn't. It's right here. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a couple of setups they do there. <laughs> and now his watch has ended. Episode four. We got Varys. And he's like, you know, Tyrion, uh, being made a eunuch by a sorcerer in Mir. Uh, yeah, he finally tells the story. And at some As point, he's opening a nondescript box. Yeah, he's like, I've been taking revenge on him ever since. And he looks pretty fucked up. And that's when Roz is like, uh, so just so you know, Baelish is going to try to take Sansa when he leaves to wed Lysa Aaron. And that's when Varys is like, yeah, well, uh, he's like, hey, Elena, uh, Baelish is going to try to control her. So, of course, uh, Cersei doesn't trust that Marjorie can actually manipulate Joffrey because she's dealing with Jamie being missing. The Tyrells are there. And Sansa's like, Cersei's not going to let me leave King's Landing. Marjorie's like, well, we're going to get you to just marry Sir Loras then. Yeah, they come up with a great plan. Come up with a good plan. Bran's chasing the three-eyed raven through the woods with Jojen. Yeah, and he's like, you got to climb the tree and get it. And then his fucking mom appears and he's like, I told you to stop, peace. <laughs> and then he gets a howler from his mom. <laughs> oh, and very much, we were very proud of you, Ginny, for making that. <laughs> and then, of course, Theon thinks he's yeah. in Deepwood Mott, so he's just like, I never killed those Stark boys. I, I just burned two orphans instead, and he's all Actually, remorse. he didn't even do it. He, he put it, he said, Yeah, he had somebody I, else I do, didn't it. do it. He did it. We did it all. We're going well. And he's like, okay, well, be very careful. We're going to go meet your sister soon. And then. And that's when he realizes that he's back where he started. And the boy that rescued him is really amused by this. Uh, not content with just taking Jamie's hand, uh, locking the boys, trick him into drinking horse piss. He gets beaten for it. And Brienne's like, you're an idiot that you want to die. You need to live and take revenge. <clears throat> we also meet. Yeah, he, he he puts him in check by saying you're you're worse than a woman. <laughs> Lord Beric Dondarrion, we meet him. It's a guy who's died many times and has always been yeah. able to come back. Yeah, says man. the Hound is a murderer, with Arya and the Hound arguing, and that's when he says, "In the name of the Lord of the Light, I sentence you to trial by combat." And he freaking cuts himself on the thing and it scratches on the fire. <laughs> and I tell you what, making the hound scared of fire because of what happened to him as a child. One of the best character things. I'm just like, that would be a great thing to build into a D&D character. Right? Just this little, like, one sentence story <clears throat> of something that happened to him as a child. And it completely, like, gives you a whole basis for a character. Yeah, because he's such a badass character, and yet you know his one weakness. Yeah, he even ran away 
in the middle of the battle because the, there was too much fire near him. Yeah. Yep. So this is also important here. We've got the uh, the Craster stuff again with Carl Tanner. And he's challenging him. They're pissing him off. He's like, that's it. Everybody get out. And Carl's like, no, we're not going to do that. So we're going to kill you. And then J.R. Mormont's like, we're not doing this. And Rast kills him. But so, the f- yeah, they end up all fighting each other. And this gives Sam a chance to run away with Gilly. Yes, he does. <clears throat> then, of course, we've got the Unsullied Army for the Dragon still getting taunted and then in the fluent valerian she orders her new army to kill all slavers and free every slave and gets the dragon to flay this guy oh by the way dragons aren't slaves yep they can't be slaves so he fucking gets barbecued and she's like here's your choice you can come with me or you can be free men and none of them choose to leave. Come with me if you want to. So they all come with her. <laughs> Every one of them comes with her. And now she's got an army of friggin' Unsullied. And that's so badass. 8,000. 8,000 Unsullied. Top notch. <clears throat> yeah, she's, she's, got a, she's massing an army right now. Bromans. And three growing. Three dragons. Deadly. Plus she's got dragons. Dothraki. Yeah, she, ain't she has the yet. Dothraki she has. And now she has two badass but aging knights at her side as well. <clears throat> so, of course, we got Stannis at Dragonstone back in the, in the next episode, Kiss by Fire, where his wife is like, you know, you should uh, talk to the Lord of Light about being about this infidelity of yours. And that's when Davos bonds with Princess Shireen for the first time. Because he's illiterate, so she starts teaching him how to read. And it's- yeah, so apparently, like he was very influential to her growing up. But he's like, "Well, you're never going to see him again, so forget about him." So she just sneaks off to the dungeon. Yeah, why not? This girl who's locked up herself because she's got dragon face just gets out. It <laughs> goes to the- <laughs> and is teaching this dude how to read. Yep. Uh, Hound's trial by combat against Beric ends with the Hound victorious because he's like, you're afraid of fire, so I'm going to light my sword on fire. But he overcomes it. He kills Beric and then, of course, gets resurrected because Thoros of Mir resurrects him again. That was again. a pretty cool fight because he was winning. He was, yeah. Stab him right through the top of the head, man. And then that's when Gendry says, I'm staying with the Brotherhood. And the Hound is freed. This would prove to be a mistake. And she's like, can you please take me to River Run and claim a reward from Rob? Of course, Lord Karstark murders those two cousins, or the two nephews of Tywin. Yeah, dumbass. And everybody's like, Rob, you better hold him prisoner. So he just personally executes him instead. And that's when the Karstarks are like, that's it, we're out. We out, and they're done. Again, it's the right thing to do. Or they immediately bite him in the ass. And he's like, oh, fuck this. I'm attacking Casterly Rock now. They're like, oh, this is not a good idea. He's like, well, there's always Lord Frey. I was supposed to marry his daughter, but we'll just have to form an alliance with him. 
this would prove to be a mistake. Another mistake. <laughs> but this would be his last mistake. <laughs> this is the mistake of all mistakes. The mistake of all mistakes. So Locke delivers Jamie and Brienne to Roose Bolton. So Brienne gets freed. Jamie gets sent to Kyburn. And he gets to treat his amputation. They, we have the bath scene where they share the bath together. And they talk about... And he Rob- tells the full story about when he finally turned on and killed the Mad King. Yep. Such a great story. Daenerys' father. Because they was going to just burn King's Landing down and he had finally had enough. I broke my oath to the city, but that's how he got the name Kingslayer. And she's like, well, why didn't you tell Ned this? He's like, I don't have to explain myself. He's like, well, you think Ned was going to, because Ned is a very black and white guy. Yeah, he wasn't going to be okay with this. He was like, no, he killed the king and he captured him. And So, of course, John's like, all right, guys, so we're going to do this. All right. Well, here are the forts are manned, but. There's a thousand men stationed at Castle Black. It is only three castles on the wall that have anybody. Yeah. Even though there's like they a lot of them. There's like twenty or fifty. There's a lot. And then we only have enough men for three. Yep. At this point. And then Egret chases him into a cave and makes him break his oath. Because they fuck. That they do. Yeah, and I'm sure he put up a real big struggle. Oh, yeah. He fought real hard. Well, something was hard. (laughs) And then he does a thing with his tongue. (laughs) Hell, they're married in real life, so I guess that worked out. Kit Harrington and Rose Byrne. The, uh... I can only imagine the people on set, like, this wasn't supposed to be a love scene. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the director's just like, wait, this is gold. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. We'll write it. Do in. that. Do that thing with your tongue. <laughs> well, goddamn, son. Well, that wasn't in the script. It is now. <laughs> Improv, baby. It is funny because she's like, you know nothing, Jones, and then he does the thing with his tongue. So of course we get we get Grey Worm as the leader of the Unsullied. Yeah, and she's like. Learns that that was because that's the name of Dukey color and low animal. Low animal, right? It's they're they're right. all degrading names. That's the idea. It's a color that's poopy, like exactly, and a bad name. And she's like, "Well, you guys all pick new names." And he's like, "No, because I was Gray Worm when Daenerys Stormborn, Queen, uh, the Mother of Dragons, freed me, and that's the name I will choose to keep." That's right. And you're just like, oh shit. And then we, of course, we learn Jorah's, of course, trying to probe Barristan, but doesn't realize that Jorah's actually a spy for Varys under King Robert. This will be important later. And then back at King's Landing, we got Cersei, and she's like, "Hey, uh, Littlefinger, can you get rid of all the Tyrells?" And that's when Loras meets his new squire, Oliver. And that happens. 
And then Littlefinger's tell that was immediate. Yeah, they immediately bang, and he immediately gives away all his secrets. Gets away all his secrets. Yep. It's like it's the Tyrell's plans to marry Sansa. So of course, Littlefinger meets with her, and he's like, "We're gonna go to the Vale." And she's like, "No, I'm gonna stay in King's Landing." And Tywin's tells Tyrion and Cersei that he's got plan to ruin the Tyrell's plot by wedding Tyrion to Sansa and Cersei to Loras, even though nobody wants this. But it's their way because there's there's because there's currently three plots of what to do with Sansa. <laughs> exactly. Three different plots. Three different plots. So now we go to the climb. We have Tywin again. And he's like, I'm going to put Loris to the Kingsguard. And that will renounce his right to inheritance and marriage. Leave House Tyrell without a male heir. And she reluctantly consents to it. Lady Elena does. Tyrion is accusing Cersei of trying to have him killed during the Battle of the Blackwater. But he's just it like, was actually- it was actually Joffrey. And he's like, well, she's like, well, you're not in danger now that Tywin's hand to the king. And then Tyrion tells Sansa what's going to happen to her with Shay in full presence. Uh, probably not a good idea. And that's when Littlefinger tells Varys, uh, hey, you know, Roz, we're going to we're going to give him to a, her to a friend of mine, which turns out to be Joffrey. Because he's into snuff, so he's going to murder her. Yeah, he wanted to check out his new crossbow. Yep. And then, of course, Sansa gets all emotional when Baelish leaves because she could have gone with him and she didn't. And then we got Melisandre where she's like, what? Wait, 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 wait. Beric's been resurrected how many times? And then she takes Gendry. And Arya's like, you're a witch. And she's like, well, I'll see you again. And that's when Rob and his advisors are discussing doing the uh, alliance with Lord Frey, the Blackwalder Rivers. And he's just like, well, I want a formal apology from Rob. And I want Edmere to marry one of my daughters. Okay. Seems reasonable. So Roose Bolton is like, I'm going to send Jamie to King's Landing, but Jamie has to assure me that Tywin has nothing to do with the maiming. And Brienne's still under arrest. Back to Bran. We got some tensions arising between Osha and Mira, so of course he has to do that. And Jojen's like, you know, we've got this vision of John being on the other side of the wall and surrounded by enemies. Well, we better go save him. And then we've got the boy torturing Theon. And he's like, here's what's going to happen. If you can't guess the identity and the location, I'm going to sever your finger. Yeah, he's like, you've got to guess who I am, guess where we are, and guess why I'm doing this. And he's, like, and he's wrong, he's wrong, he's wrong, and then he tells him he's right, he's right, he's right, he's right. He's like, but you never asked me whether or not I'm a liar. And I am! 
<clears throat> and then, this is something that I remember you texted me about. Sam shows Gilly the Dragonglass Dagger. <laughs> Tells her all about Castle Black. Mm-hmm. Probably should have maybe done more with that. And that's when Egret reveals, listen, John, I know you're loyal to the Night's Watch, but my our loyalty to each other is greater. So as the party's climbing the wall... She inadvertently causes an avalanche that kills some of the wildlings and leaves her and John hanging by their rope. And John gets to the top of the wall and they hug to end it. Aw, cute moment. Guys, dick, try to kill them both. Tried to kill them both. The bear and the maiden fair comes up next. Sansa is being confronted by Marjorie, who has heard of her betrothal to Tyrion. And elsewhere, Tyrion and Bronn are discussing the match and how it will affect Shay. So Tywin meets with Joffrey. He's like, so what should we do about the rumors of Daenerys and her dragons? But Tywin's like, there's no threat Oh, there. yeah, he does, like, that whole thing where he meets him in the throne room. And he's like, why don't you tell me shit? And he's like, well, you could come to the meetings. And he's like, oh, the king's not going to even have the meetings in your tower. It's too far. I'm not going to walk. Yeah, exactly. So he's, but it ends up becoming a... Not the king and his hand talk. It ends up becoming a shitty kid and his grandfather talk. Exactly. Uh, we also learn that Melisandre knows who Gendry is. Your dad was King Robert. You were the bastard of the king. Bom, bom, bom. Oral's talking to Egret while they're heading south of the wall. And he's like, listen... I love you. John's still loyal to the Night's Watch. You should be with me. And later, John's like, like, Oh, you're a dick and ugly. <laughs> yeah. And then John's trying to tell her, he's like, This is a hopeless cause. This isn't going to work. <clears throat> Theon starts getting pleasured. And as soon as the Tormentor shows up and mocks him, and he's like, all right, Theon, we're going to emasculate you now. I want to see Theon Greyjoy's famous panyas. His favorite part. And then the best part, he's like, no, 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 take my hand, take my hand. Oh, what are you? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Take my left hand, all I do with that is move my character around on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> now Osha's still got an issue with the reeds. He's like, "This is all black magic that you're doing." And Jojen's like, "The three-eyed raven is north of the wall," and she's like, "We're not going north of the wall." I just came from there. It's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. She's like, "My husband came back as a white. We're not doing this." Oh yeah, she tells the story about why she left the north. Yeah. So, Rob, everybody over there are getting delayed by the rain. They're heading to the twins because Edmer's going to marry Rosalind Frey. So, Caitlin and the Blackfish are talking. They're like, we really don't like Walder Frey. So, and they're like, and Rob's breaking an oath. <laughs> Which, yeah. And that's when Talisa's like, hey, Rob, I'm pregnant with your kid. Like, well, here we go. Oh, just make it worse later. Okay, cool. Yes. 
And that's when Arya berates Beric and Thoros for taking money for Gendry. He's just like, we've got a Lannister party near them. Move out in pursuit. And she's like, you're a liar. But as she starts to run away, the Hound captures her. This starts one of the... This starts the best partnership in the show next to Bronn and Tyrion, by the way. The Hound and Arya. Because their relationship is so... They're so different, and yet they're so much the same. It's like it's like us with Katie. It's a it becomes a brother sister relationship. Uh, Danny yeah, goes that way pretty quickly, actually. Danny arrives at Young Kai, and she tells Jorah, "I'm going to take the city, and I'm going to free all two hundred thousand slaves." And then the envoy is like, "Well, I'll give you gold and as many ships as you want." She's like, "Nope." You're going to free the slaves? The dude's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not like those other, those last two cities that you completely destroyed. <laughs> yeah. She's like, so I'll attack if you don't do this. It's like, dude, the first one was Karth, dude. She starred at the top. <laughs> like, <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen, you dumb bastard? So, of course, we have Brienne and Jamie, and she's like, you need to uphold your oath to Caitlin and return the Stark girls to their mother. And that's when Kyburn's like, Jamie, don't worry. We're not going to ransom or to lock. But we're going to blackmail the party leader to order their return to Harrenhal. And then Jamie finds out that Brianna's been forced to fight a grizzly bear with a wooden sword. And he just... He just jumps in there. (laughs) And they're like, shit, we gotta save him because we don't bring him back alive. (laughs) Yep. And he does. He saves her. All right, we're getting close to the good stuff now. Second Sons, here we go. Arya tries to kill the Hound. (laughs) But, of course, he's awake, and he's like, I'll tell you what, make one attempt on my life. I'll give one to you, and she just doesn't do it. And he's like, are you taking me to King's Landing? He's like, no, I'm going to bring you to the twins, and I'm going to ransom you to your brother, which is actually a pretty good deal, so... Uh, the issue is they show up just a little too late. <laughs> a little too late, yes. But we'll get to that. <laughs> so Tyrion beats with Sansa, and he's like, listen, here's the thing. I know you're not happy about this, but I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to do anything bad to you. I'll protect you. <clears throat> and then we have Cersei with Marjorie. There's tension rising there. Uh, the former Lannister vessels that Tyrion exterminated when they rebelled against him. Remember House Rain, how they went down. And we get the wedding. Sansa's walked down the aisle by Joffrey. They have a feast. Tyrion gets drunk. And Joffrey threatens to impregnate Sansa. And he's just like, no, how about the traditional bedding ceremony? But then Tyrion's like, how about I castrate you? And Tywin's like, all right, enough of this. You guys just... Yeah. And... But Tyrion is true to his word. He doesn't share the bed with her until she wants him to. So they don't constantly. Which is good because Shay shows up in the morning to do her normal... Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. And she checks the bed. She sure does. <clears throat> so Melisandre has Gendry. She's going to take him to see Stannis. And he's like, there's some familial similarity here. 
So while he's taken to his chamber, Stannis is like, so what are you going to do with him? Of course, Davos is still learning how to read, and there's Stannis. He's like, I, I'm not going to be okay with this sacrifice. And Stannis is like, no, it's fine, but I'll tell you what. Never raise a hand to Melisandre again, and I will free you. So she immediately seduces Gendry, tying him down, places leeches on him to draw out the blood, to which Stannis ritually burns them, and each t- and he's just like, Rob Stark, Balin Greyjoy, Joffrey Baratheon. So, what's your opinion of Stannis right now, Dan? Because he's a... He's kind of a tweener on this show. You have your baby faces and heels, and then there's Stannis. I think he's just being super manipulated, and he's just... She's got her claws into him, and he's a shell at this point, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. So that's when Jorah tells Danny that the young Kai's got a mercenary group called the Second Sons. So she's like, all right, I'll meet with the leader. And the lieutenant, Dario Naharis, uh... Spoiler, this character gets recast. So the actor playing him in this season will not be the actor playing him in the next one, just so you know. Because that threw me off the first time I saw him. Because I'm like, wait, that's, that's, that's Dario? Because, like, it's one that's thing... That's how it like last time we saw him. Yeah. Like, okay, it's one thing for the Hound, or not the Hound, uh, the Mountain to get recast, because... It was just a really big, burly guy, and they could get a lot of different people to do that. And they only showed him, like, two or three times before he comes back. Before he comes back, yeah. But this is, like, an immediate immediate distinction. Although I will say I do like the second actor better. So it's not a bad idea. It's screen to begin with, right? And then it's, um... I don't remember all the names there. Michael... Hulsal or something like that, yeah. It's a very different looking. It's a yeah. very. Yeah, there's, a very, there's uh, no similarity whatsoever between the two of them. But the best part is, he knows that his uh, brethren here are going to plot to kill her, so he kills them instead and presents her with their heads. That was the cool thing because they, they they did the coins to see who was going to break in at night and kill her. Yep. And he's like, I have a better idea. <laughs> Because you're just gonna all gonna fucking die. There's only two thousand of you. You might be more skilled, but it's eight thousand to two thousand. And the last, yeah, the last thing we see in this episode is Sam kills a White Walker with dragon glass. That's super. And then leaves it behind, and they run away. Super, super important. Exactly. And that brings us to the reigns of Castamere, the penultimate episode (laughs) of the season, but. One of those things that everybody kind of, even if you didn't know anything about the show, you probably at least knew about the Red Wedding. Yeah, I, I had heard of the Red Wedding, and I was like, you know what? I haven't come across it yet. I'm like on episode six of this season. It hasn't happened yet. What episode is the Red Wedding in? The Reigns of Castanier at 3-9. I'm like, oh, so another three hours I'll be seeing that happen. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other stuff that happened here, we have Sam and Gilly continuing the march, and he's like, listen... We're gonna we're gonna enter the wall through Night Fort because that's an abandoned castle to the west of Castle Black. No one's gonna see us there. That's how Sam's getting Gilly across the wall. Uh, Bran and his group are taking shelter in this old abandoned mill. They see an old this is craziest shit. Yeah, by they, the way, yeah, because like all the three different groups 
pretty much just cross paths with each other. Yeah, because Hodor's scared of the thunderstorm and he's freaking out. And they're going to give away the location. And that's when Bran accidentally discovers he's a warg and takes over his mind. Knocks him out. And Oral's like, hey, see that old man? Kill him and prove your loyalty. And he can't do it. So Egret kills him. And then Tormund's like, you're not loyal. Everybody kill him. And they're like, they're going to eventually find us. You have to do something, Bran. So he goes into the wolves. Yep, so he takes over his direwolf mind, defeats Tormund's men, and Orel, for that matter, and, and escapes. That's he, he, hey, John was out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then Bran is like, you guys need to leave, and he dismisses Osha and Rickon. So that's, so he, he it's like, he, you know, there's he too says, many dangers ahead. Have, I have to go. You guys have to stay safe. Yeah, so Osha takes Rickon. <clears throat> the, the other slaves don't fight, though, when Dario, Jorah, and Grey Worm enter the city. So Danny is in control very quickly. But that's and it's not- a very funny scene because he's like, only a handful of guards, you say. <laughs> Yep. There's like 20 guards come up, but they're like the three most badass guys. Yep. So they beat them all. <clears throat> but what we're really here to talk about is what goes down at the Twins. Mm-hmm. So, Walder Frey, the luckiest son of a bitch in the world, just has... All he has is a castle on the fucking river. Yeah, exactly. But everybody it's needs to... It's all about strategic location, people. Exactly. Location, location, location. Exactly. Keep that in mind when you're buying a house. And he, Rob gives him the, apolo- the apology. Edmir does the, the wedding. Frey calls for the betting ceremony. And that's when Talisi, of course, tells Rob, I oh, want to... It's his one good-looking daughter, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... That was the cool reveal. And we reveal that the the unborn yeah. son of Rob is going to be named Eddard after his father. This is where the good stuff ends because they start they playing. They leave for the ceremony. The guy locks the closes and locks the door. Yep. And she and then that's when uh, she realizes something's up. She grabs the guy by the hand, sees that he's wearing ringmail underneath his outfit, yep. and she knows shit's about to go down. Yep, because Reigns of Castamere starts playing. That's a Lannister song. And every single Stark person in the room gets murdered. Starting with... Starting with with the the pregnant one. Oh, the unborn child. They just stab her to death in the the womb. And she she bleeds out there. And they they take everybody down, including Rob, his direwolf. And then the very last person standing is Catelyn Stark, who's got one of the daughters by the throat. The, the current wife. The current wife. And he's like, I don't give a fuck, I'll just get a new one. I'll just get a new one. To, at least to Catelyn's credit, she does pull through and murder her. So it's not like... Meanwhile, the Hound and Arya are showing up just as things are kicking off here. Yep. And that's when she witnesses everything... That happens. She sees the massacre that the the wolves, the two wolves they had with them. And the hound's just like, nope, nope, we're done. We're out of here. You gotta go. Gotta go. 
It's a hell of an episode, but it's not even the final one. <laughs> no, it's not. There's one more episode of the season. You're just like, how the fuck can you top that? So we get to Misa, the final episode, and this oh, is they don't top I noticed, it. But I noticed up. that about Game of Thrones is the big episode is always the second to last one. It is so yeah. that you could then go and wrap up everything you need to in that moment. Exactly. So. Tyrion learns of the Stark murders, and he's like, Tywin, I just want you to know Northerners are not going to forget this. Tywin's like, I've still got authority. And he's like, so here's what you're going to do, Tyrion. You're going to get Sansa pregnant for the good of the family. And you're lucky like, I didn't drown you. Congratulations, Father. You lost every battle and won the war. Yep. Shay refuses the sack of diamonds, though, to sail away from King's Landing. And Jamie, do you think he put him up to that, or do you think he did it because he figured it was the right thing to do? Good like, question. Do you think because she's like, you tell him to come and ask me himself. Like, do you think Barristan did that on his own? It's possible. Or, Varys plays the plays sides. He plays all the sides. You know, so you know what? He, the thing is, like. He's he plays sides, but he's fucking always truthful. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, right? Like that's the point. This because at this point, like as much as I like the portrayal of Littlefinger, I don't like him anymore. I well, I liked him a lot for a long time, but now I don't after after season three, and I just I like Varys. You're not he's you're like, not supposed to like Littlefinger. It's the point. Well, I did until now. Yeah, and that was the problem. I always liked him, no matter how bad of a scumbag he was. I'm like, but he's Littlefinger. It's okay. And it's just like, but this guy's okay, been nothing though? but truthful to everybody, because that's that's how you become that's how you become like the the, the head of spies, right? Like exactly. the greatest liar, the greatest liar only tells a lie one percent of the time. Exactly, but it, but everybody believes it. That's that's a strategy in wrestling. All the other time. That's a strategy in wrestling about about being a heel. You say three things that the audience knows to be true, so when you say the fourth thing, you're riling them up because they know it's bullshit, but the other stuff was true, so now they're really pissed off at you. The art of being a heel. And Jamie returns to King's Landing and reunites with Cersei. Yes. Just one hand down, of course. So, of course, they're parading Rob's carcass through the camp. Oh, and, yeah, but with his head gone and the head of one of the wolves on it and stuff. Yep. And, you do. You know, it's, it's normal behavior. So, of As course, Walder Frey runs River Run. Bruce Bolton's Warden of the North. But they reveal that the Blackfish got away. And then Arya and the Hounds slay a bunch of Frey men. Yes, they just on their own, making their own business, and there's some guys hanging around, and one of them is bragging about being the guy that attached the wolf's head to Rob Stark's body. And she's like, please, I'm hungry. And she starts stabbing the fuck out of him. Yep. And then he has to go save her. And he's like, hey, you're going to do that again? Let me know. <laughs> doesn't even <laughs> chastise her for brutally killing a guy. He's like, no, just let me know so I can be more ready. <laughs> well, yeah, but let's remember how many people he's probably killed. So he's yeah. just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's just, he's just like, yeah, just let me know. So I can, you know, be there faster next time. Uh, 
Over at the uh, Dread Fort, Theon is literally begging for death at this point, and that's when we reveal that that's Ramsay Snow, that's Roose Bolton's bastard son, who... <laughs> As he's eating a sausage and he thinks it's his dick for a second. Yeah, and he's shaking it at him. Oh, it's so terrible. Also, uh, we get the crossing of Sam and Bran, and that's when Sam's yeah, like, wait, Sam you're... Same building. Yep, you're that's John's brother. He's like, well, here... If you're going north, you better take this dragon glass with you. And uh, Sam brings Gilly to Aemon Targaryen. And just like, we've got a threat here. So he's like, all right, I'm going to send a shit ton of ravens south. And we're going to warn of what's happening. Oh, you're better penmanship than you are with a sword. <laughs> yes. He's like, oh, yeah, lots better. <laughs> lots better. And he essentially tells the entire southern world. Winter is coming, motherfuckers. John confesses his love for Egret, but she's like, I knew you were an infiltrator all this time. And he's wounded. Yeah, he's he, like, she's like, I will shoot you with my bow and arrow. And he's like, bitch, you won't. And she shoots him three times as he's running away. Yeah, she just doesn't shoot to kill. She shoots to hurt him. Which is probably worse. Further proof that he knows nothing. And then, of course, like, oh, you won't do it. Oh, all he knows is that thing with his tongue. <laughs> and Balin Greyjoy gets that letter from Ramsay say, saying the Ironborn needs to withdraw. And also, what's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? <laughs> and that's when Yara's like, you're not going to negotiate? Fuck this. I'm taking 50 men and I'm getting my brother back. Taking our 50 best killers, getting on our fastest boat. I want to go get my brother. And Stannis... I kill every last one of those motherfuckers. <clears throat> and Stannis is like, tells Davos that Rob is dead and Gendry's going to get sacrificed. So Davos helps Gendry escape and Stannis is like, no, I'm going to execute you. And Davos is like, no, you're not because look at this letter we got from the Raven. And Melisandre is like, hey, Stannis, here's the deal. Uh, you want to save the North from the White Walkers? You're going to need Davos for this. You one. are going to need us help. And then, of course, we get that awesome scene to close the, the series where the young Kai oh. population hails yeah. Daenerys as their as a freer by calling her Misa, which means mother. And this Such is a there's good There's so ending. many people outside. There are actually still people inside the walls. Yeah, it's so good. And that's a great visual to end. Now, here's the only thing that I think would have been a cooler ending. I think the season should have ended with her freeing the fucking guy with the Unsullied. I think that would have been a, a cooler scene to end with. But that's a great visual to end it with, is her just being surrounded by... Is that now she has essentially a city size group of people. Yes. But this her. is really important to her character development, too. Because there's that whole idea of, like, she wants to be such a benevolent queen that she's just doing everything she thinks is right, despite the fact that it may not be the best idea. And that's really, really important for her character development. Yes, in a show where I said earlier, where it is full of people doing the right thing and immediately being punished for it, she has been doing the right thing for a very long time. Yep. And and she has not been punished yet. 
So that just tells me that when the punishment comes, it's going to be a big one. Exactly. All right. So that concludes Game of Thrones Season 3. We promised I won't put any additional content at the end of this episode because I don't want anybody to miss out on anything if they are turning it off. So thank you, Jeff, for joining us for a Halloween fun-filled edition here. Nice long episode to get you pumped up for the holiday. Be safe this Halloween. Check out Jeff's books on Amazon. Check out his podcast here on CKCC Radio. And if you want to hear more of Jeff, I don't know. Freaking listen to his show and read his books. I don't know what to tell you. And if you have any requests for either one of my shows, please let me know. Yeah, I take him up on this offer. In fact, Dan and I have both agreed that there's an album we both want to be on when you cover it. Oh, you're both penciled in for both a show together as well as an individual show each. Yep. Hailstorm, The Who, and Evanescence. I already know the answers to all the questions. That's right. Because Fallen, every track on Fallen's a banger. That's going to be a rough list. Oh, but it's going to be a fun list. All right, more shout-outs coming next week. And, yeah, the post-Halloween edition. So it's time for Mariah Carey to defrost and torture us all. We'll see you next time. It's happening. We'll see you next time on The Nerd Table. This has been another episode of The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio. Check out all the shows at ckccradio.com and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.